0: The following is a presentation of the All Andy Alfred Network, powered by Anchor. You are listening to Andy and Money this evening on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker. However, you listen, wherever and whenever you listen to our program, thank you so much for tuning in. And you can always be a part of our show by following both of us on Twitter. It is at All Andy Alfred. It is at Nick of Ebray. Another two weeks has passed. The pilot episode was fantastic. Thank you for so many great responses and great ratings. But now it's time to face the facts. Deal out some dough. Because it's time for Andy and Money.
1: Alright everyone, Andy and Money here. I am your host, Nick the Money Man DeVera, joined by my co-host. Yes, I am
0: on the co-host chair tonight and I, I am truly blessed to have be a co-host to the one and only Nick the Money Man DeVera right here. On, on the Anchor Network.
1: Thank you. We will be rotating, hosting every other show. So the December show of the week, or first December show. Oh, Andy Elf will be back. In, yeah, there uh, you go. I love it. I absolutely love it. On today's Andy and Money, talk about the NFL recapping. Talk about the Garrett Mason Rudolph scrummage. And I got
0: a lot to say about that oh, today. Oh, I'm sure you do. I do.
1: We have a week three review, a preview of Thanksgiving, and notables. We're moving to Major League Baseball. Talking about the Hall of Fame ballots, and I want
0: to—I want to hear your opinion on that. That's a—that's going to oh, be an interesting. That's going to be an interesting
1: situation with that number fourteen in our hearts. Oh, jeez, here and we go. Talk about the Hawley, Houston, baby, the Houston Astros and their um, shenanigans with the cheating. Let me see. Yeah, boom, boom. Oh, boom, boom, fastball! Talk about the National Hockey League. We are oh, talk yeah. about the best. Our opinion's the best broadcasters, and of course, the worst. Talk about Don Cherry. Yes, and that somebody, situation. Yeah,
0: you're gonna hear an opinion tonight that it's gonna be very, very interesting with
1: regarding the whole Don Cherry situation right here on India and Money. Talk about some college football. Talk yes. about how Lovey Smith and the Friday Illini are bull bound with their sixth win they got, and a come from behind win against Michigan State, which
0: is still raving in in East Lansing. And we'll get to
1: that tonight too. And we're going to talk about some upcoming big games. Yes. Yeah. And uh, we're we to we're talk about the. We're doing some after hours. The after hours. And we're we, gonna... got,
0: we got a little bit of a, a bone to pick. I have a little bit of a bone to pick with people
1: about, about carbonated beverages. With that we're going to talk about. Um, oh. We're gonna going. Going talk about when is it too early to decorate your house for Christmas? Oh goodness gracious. When do you put up the Christmas decorations and put on the Christmas music? Yeah. And we're gonna talk about Black Friday. Oh boy. And favorite Thanksgiving um uh Black Friday ads and side dishes. So yeah. good show tonight on Andy and Money here on the Anchor Network. Nick, how
0: are you feeling today, by the uh, way? I forgot to ask you. i know
1: I'm much better. Much better. I know you were a little under the weather last week when I was chatting with you a little bit, but you know you're back at it. Oh, you're at a hundred percent now. Oh, look, yeah. you look a lot better. Thank you. Yes, it was quite the quite the bad week last week with my health, but we're all good. We're, we're good
0: okay. now. Yeah, I mean you were you were you were calling me up. You were you were coughing and hacking and you're saying, oh yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do the show next week. And then the next thing I know, next thing I know, I get a text message earlier this morning saying, "We on for tonight?" I said, "Hell yeah, we're on for tonight. Let's do it." Absolutely, um, let's do it.
1: All right, let's let's just dive right. All right, on. let's go right into it. Talk about the National Football League. Yeah. So if you watch the game on Thursday, yes. Up until the past minute, it was just a pretty good game. Steelers-Browns, Browns Browns on top. And then, Andy, something happened. And, Andy, what was that something that happened?
0: Well, let's just say uh, all the version of WWE took over the field in First Energy Stadium in Cleveland, Ohio, as Miles Garrett uh, went for a hit against Mason Rudolph, the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And basically, uh, went down, took him down, hard, and ripped his helmet off, and used the helmet, Mason Rudolph's helmet, as a weapon. Now, first and foremost, before we begin, I have to say this: we both are in agreement on this. Garrett should have never used the helmet as a weapon. Absolutely, absolutely. That is, that is. We're not defending Garrett on the whole situ. We're not defending Garrett in the full situation that you know you should never use your helmet to attack an opposition player plain and simple that is and good god thank god he didn't use the crown of the helmet or oh, we would have man. been in we would have been in a whole different situation with it we would have been in a whole different you know we were talking probably more criminal charges than anything else luckily the cleveland police department decided not to force uh uh criminal charges on the whole situation the the, the Steelers didn't want to force charges on it but at the same time the fact that Garrett gets a indefinite suspension out of the situation. Now, this is where I'm going to I'm going to have to defend Garrett on such a situation okay. about this. All right. If you look at the play, and I'm going to say this right off the bat, you look at the play, it was a football play. He was going to for the tackle to you know, I mean, it's 8 seconds left, you're down, you're down 14 to the Browns, you get sacked. You go after the guy that's sacking you. Okay, that's plain and simple. And that's what what that's what Mason Rudolph did. So Mason Rudolph grabbed Miles Garrett's helmet and was forcing pushing him down. Garrett was the one that was down first before Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph was on top of him, grabbing at him, and grabbing his helmet, trying to rip his helmet off. Garrett then pulls him, throws him on the ground, And rips his helmet out. And at the same time, Mason Rudolph is kicking him straight into the groin. Oh, I didn't see that. You didn't see the kicking of the groin. I'll have to play it for you after the show. But you see him kicking him in the groin. He said something when they were wrestling on the ground. He said something when when they were tussling. And then that's when the reaction of him pulling the helmet off. Now, that should have been it right there. They should have just—he should have just picked up the helmet and tossed it to the side. And the two Steelers got two Steeler players right there, were holding Garrett back, absolutely holding them back. And Rudolph went after Garrett to yell and scream at him. And that's when he uses the helmet as a projectile, and to have Miles Garrett be the full get the full indefinite suspension on the rest of the season. You have the two linemen that were holding Garrett get a game, a two-game suspension of it, and Mason Rudolph, well, we don't know yet. He's The NFL is deciding whether or not what his punishment is going to be, but the fact that he doesn't get anything out of the situation right there, it's like a red flag. He's like, hello, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you seeing the same thing as what we saw on Thursday night? Because, A, you saw him It's clear as day. He kicked him right in the groin. That's that's first that's that's number 1. If you get hit there, it's it's over. It's ball game. You have every right to defend yourself, and that's what Garrett was doing. The whole entire time. And I I I I don't like I said, I'm not standing up for what he did with the helmet. He should have just tossed the helmet to the side, not used it as a weapon, but it turned into uh what it should have been what is a Browns win it turned into a more of a browns loss cuz now they lost Garrett for the mm. season. The team was fined $250,000. you know, you're losing you're losing like three play, three additional players because of a game suspension because of the push after. The, the, the thing is, Rudolph got pushed down after he got de- decked in the head by that by the line yeah. one of the li- linemen. Yeah, I mean, and he got pushed down. He gets a suspension there. That's another key def- defensive piece that the Browns need. And and you look at you look at it. It's it it's kind of one of those things where you're you're thinking to yourself, should it have, should have been done a different way. Yes, but at the same time, it's a football play. I I wanted your your opinion about that.
1: Well, you know the the show the video. Uh, looks like Rudolph is trying to pull his helmet off first, as you know, when they're scrapping on the ground. But there's people saying, and obviously you know I don't know. It's hard to say, but. It, a lot of his apologists for Rudolph are saying that he's—he's he's not trying to pull Garrett's helmet off him. If you look at his arm, it's his hand is stuck up mm-hmm. in there, and he's just trying to pull his hand free. Not so much he's trying to rip it off, because you know, and I don't know the character of Mason Rudolph. I don't know if he's that kind of dude or not. I—I I get what you're saying. That yeah, you know, the suspension. You know he. That you're seeing that there should be more accountability, more blame around. It shouldn't just all be on Garrett. Is that that's what you're? That's what to I'm say? trying to say. Okay, and I agree with you there. Maybe maybe Rudolph should get a game or two. Yeah, maybe there should be more spread out. But I I agree that what they gave, uh, Garrett was was accurate. Did they should have. Did you see the video? of The guy who took his helmet and hit the chair. And the chair went in the smithereens. I mean, it's dangerous. But shouldn't it be more blame to go around besides Garrett? Yes. Yes. I I can agree with you there. I mean, it should be a two-way street when it comes to it. Remember,
0: the Browns were beating the Steelers by more than 14. Your emotions get into that play because you're playing. It's a rivalry game. This is a clear rivalry game because... Pittsburgh hates Cleveland, Cleveland hates Pittsburgh. This is a this goes way back before both of us were born. Yes. This is, goes way back before and I I say this ever so lightly. The the suspension that Garrett got was we, we both are in agreement. Yes. We are both in agreement that it was the right thing. Yes. It's a full suspension, let it be a full suspension. But the thing is you have to have... It has to be called both ways. You have to give Mason Rudolph at least... Uh, what would you give him? I would give him at least a three-game suspension. Three games at least for the... for the a fi- At least a fine. That's what they're looking at right now. The NFL is thinking about giving him a fine. I think, in my opinion, you give him at least either two games to three games for the situation. Because... It could have all gone. I mean, it could have gone in a different way. They could have just been a sack, and they could have both been just gotten up, and then that's it. But it was Mason Rudolph that started the whole situation, which then you know a switch must have hit because Garrett was saying something. Garrett says, "Uh, Mason Rudolph said something to Garrett," and
1: then that's when all hell broke loose. I would give Mason Rudolph one game, and then find him high. Like maybe like a game checks worth of, so you're thinking fifty to sixty thousand dollars. Yes. I would do something like that. Yes,
0: I think I think I mean I'm in the aspect of a a two game, with at least maybe a forty forty thousand dollar fine at least. Okay, that's where I'm thinking because it's it, it to me it looks like, and this was this this was supposed to be how big because this, this was a big win. Yes. the Browns haven't beaten the Steelers, at home. Since two thousand and thirteen.
1: I think it was the first time they beat Pittsburgh, period.
0: Yeah, that's the first time they beat Pittsburgh in a, since they came into the franchise back in ninety nine. It's been a long time, okay? And they've won they've won back and forth. It makes it next in two weeks when we come back on the air with you guys. Interesting to see how that game's gonna shape up because Sun oh. that Sunday game is gonna be interesting. A one oh. o'clock kick in Pittsburgh. Now there will be no Miles Garrett. But at the same time, too, you you bet your ass that you know that that the Pittsburgh fans are going to give it to the Browns the whole entire time. If this game now, let me ask you this: I'll ask you this, Nick. You're the you're you're the host. If if this game was done in Pittsburgh, would this be a different outcome?
1: Um, like score wise?
0: No, or? no, 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 no. This oh. the, the whole situation. If this happened in Pittsburgh, what would be the? Uh, I think it would be a toll it would be more scary than what it would be, what it was in Cleveland. Because, I mean, the fans were was somewhat respectful. They were shocked that this this play took place. But if Garrett did that to Rudolph in Pittsburgh... Oh, they would have thrown shit on the field. Yeah. I mean, it would have been a riot. They would have probably had to call it, stop the game right there. And in my opinion, I think the officiating did the right thing. Hockley did a right, right thing, the official, did the right thing. And, you know... Cut the play going. He got the play going, but at the same time, too, if I was them, I would have been the ball game. I would have called it off. Let the teams go to the dressing room. Exit the fans because the the, the Steelers weren't coming back from the game. And there was like what
1: twenty seconds left. Somewhere? There was like
0: twelve seconds left in yeah, eight yeah. seconds left in the game.
1: Yeah,
0: of on. the eight set, so of the whole forty some odd minutes, fifty some odd minutes of the game, it boiled down to eight seconds. Yeah, because the final eight seconds of the game that caused, you know, all this turmoil. I mean, it was, and in my opinion, it was a good Thursday night game because you saw saw Baker Mayfield stepping up to the plate. You saw Jarvis Landry really stepping up. But at the same time, everybody's just talking about the
1: last eight seconds. Yeah, it's it's a shame because, like you said, it was a good game and Baker did step up. Um, You know, and... I guess maybe think about what you said about how they should maybe give Rudolph three games. They might actually do that just to set a very, very, very strong precedence. Like, yeah, you, you maybe didn't, you didn't hit anybody with the helmet, but we need to stop this from spreading. I mean, could you imagine if the Redskins and the Giants did something like this, yes. or the Bears and the Packers? One of those rivalry games, Rams-Niners. Rams-Niners, so, you know, New
0: Orleans, and Atlanta. Yeah. You have any so, of those games? You know,
1: I, I think you might. Giants-Cowboys. I don't think that they're going to do the big, the big uh, suspension with Rudolph like you might think they do. I mean, by big, I mean three games. Three but, games. But it wouldn't surprise me, just given they want to nip this in the bud and say, oh, no, no, no. You're not, we're not putting up with this anymore. Do
0: you think that. Now, let me ask you this since Miles Garrett is. Miles Garrett is the, uh, you know, this kid is, you know, this is going to haunt him the rest of his life. Do you, you agree with me?
1: Um, no. We, people, you know, I mean, people, we like to get a second chance. Is this his first time doing something like yes. this? Yes. I think, and he owned up to it. He, yeah. he's either, he Like the next day or that night, he said, my emotions got the best of me. He said that, you know, I my, I'll have to show my, my true character the rest of my career to show that that's not who I am. So I think in society we see we we tend to give people second chance. The guy gra-
0: the guy graduated with a with a degree in pale paleontology. He's a he's a poet. He's an art. He paints. He does a lot of good charity work in Cleveland. And yet and and yet now this is going to show up in everything everything. I mean it, it it's sad to have it happen, but you know it it's 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 a click. Yeah. It Happens stuff. Something that when you get when you get hurt and and, and this is. This is to even us as regular people. And this is not just for athletes or anything like that. But when you're an in, when you are feeling like you're hurt or you need to be on defense and defend yourself, you take any action right. possible. And that's what Miles Garrett did because Mason Rudolph threatened him, hurt him, kicking him in the groin, and 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 pushing him down, saying something. And that's when you know when it happens. It's like a snap,
1: right? And I think I think I think yeah, you're right. It will follow him the rest of his career. But I think he'll try to show that's not his true colors, and I think that you know it, in a few year or in a few years we'll look back and think, yeah, I remember when he did that? But that was just a one time. I think he'll be alright. I, I still think he'll find work, and
0: I mean, all he's all still he's still gonna be hired by the Browns. Yeah. I think this is suspension. I think this is just for the rest of the season. Right. I really think, and you know. I think, you know, he'll come out and, you know, make a public apology again and everything like that, and... And I, I kind of, agree, I think, cause he's a great kid, and and the Browns need him. They, they, that's they He's one of the cornerstone pieces of their defense.
1: Do you think he'll donate to some local you know, Pittsburgh charity?
0: Maybe, probably. Like I would somewhere think somewhere in
1: Pittsburgh or the somewhere, somewhere in Pittsburgh, or somewhere,
0: so, or maybe somewhere in Cleveland, where it'd be kind yeah. of a both situations. Yeah. But I could, but I can, I can see, I can, I can definitely, definitely see that. Um, so yeah, I I I think uh the, the penalty for Garrett, we both are in agreement, it was the right call. We both agree that Mason Ruvoff should have had something besides being a fine right now is what quote unquote the NFL is producing. And I think um it, it'll be interesting. Absolutely be interesting.
1: All right, let's move on to the next topic. Uh let's recap the game. Let's just talk about the game last night, fresh in my mind, freshly Oh yeah, let's freshly get right into this pissed off all right. All right. Now, um, as, uh, let me ask you this really
0: quickly. Sure. All right. Let me ask you this: the whole Chase Daniel situation at the end of the game. All right. Now I have to ask this. Sure.
1: Do you think that this we seeing the end of Mitchell Trubisky? Uh, probably. They they said he was hurt. Bears Twitter is kind of divided on it. Apparently, he got hurt end of the second quarter before the half, and they kept. And I guess um, it wasn't like that big a deal. And it just kept getting more tighter and tighter, as Trubisky said, as the game went on. But, you know, I I don't know if you saw my tweet or not before the game. I said, the Rams are probably going to win this game. But, you know, the Rams had like half their players out. Goff's not playing that well. The Rams' O-line stinks. I said, the Rams are probably going to win. But the Bears may be able to come into Los Angeles tonight. Last night being last night. And um, sn- snake this one from. You cost me a win. I had the Bears in uh, the game. I took three. I, I,
0: took t- I was 10 and 3 this week, folks. And I said, you know what? I believe maybe that the Bears are for real a little oh. bit. And I I believed a little bit of the gravy train because well the last, what happened last week I thought maybe it would be just a little bit of a you know maybe they'll help themselves out, but no no no, no. I was sit there I sat there and I watched watched this game and it was absolutely golf golf unloading on the bare defense.
1: Well the the ram the Rams only rushed they're look okay. That I'm gonna stop you right there. The Rams' offense really wasn't that great either. It was, I believe, as someone put on Twitter last night. Or I'm, I'm sorry, I saw on my friend's Facebook post. They were they referred to last night's game in the process as a cripple fight.
0: Go no 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 no. Golf was 11 for 18 for 173 yards. He did have an interception in the game. But the running game is really what tore you up. Todd Gurley, how many yards they get? Twenty five carries for ninety seven yards in total on the ground. The the Rams had a hundred and ten total yards. Oh, that's not of, that much. Yeah. So I mean, your defense was there, but now I'll I'll say this. I think you guys are. We can officially now say that you guys are officially mathematically eliminated yeah. from the playoffs.
1: Not mathematically, but all intents and purposes, yeah, they're gone.
0: And that game, I think Sunday night, the Sunday night's game with the Bears was, like, basically, you win, you're still
1: in the playoff contention. You lose, you're out. I wrote them off when they lost to the Saints and dropped a 3-3. Three and three. They looked so dead. end in that Saints game, I said they ain't winning a game of the rest of the year. And other than the Lions game, they won. Um, they they haven't won a game. Yeah,
0: I mean, but the, let me get back. Let's get back to that too. Uh, since we haven't been on the area, me a Lions fan, you were you a Bears fan. We had no Stafford. We bring in this Drensel that comes in. You know, he plays pretty good. I said, I I still had I picked the Lions still because me I felt too. like I felt like the the Bears wouldn't be wouldn't be ready for Drensel because he got called. The day of yeah. the game to play, so they were all set up for Stafford. And this kid comes in, and I said, "Oh, oh God, here we go! It's either either we're gonna win by we're gonna win by three, or we're gonna be absolutely torched."
1: And guess what happened? We got fucking torched by the fucking Bears. Well, "torch" is a strong word. The Bears actually, up until about that last drive of the first half, the Lions pretty much controlled the game. Yeah, but Trubisky let him on that run. End of the first half, put him up, make it, give him seven. First play of the second half, Bears get the ball, ran down for a touchdown. Trubisky last week with the
0: against not this past week, but last the week Lions. against the Lions, sixteen for twenty three, one seventy three, three touchdowns. Dredzel 27
1: for forty six, two sixty nine, one TD, one interception. And see the thing that stat line you just read about Trubisky, that's not that's not a great stat line. But if Trubisky could just do that every game, just enough, the Bears would be in so much better shape. It's the better. The thing is, they play good. I'll say this: they
0: play good when they play teams that are not that good, because they feel that they are superior. Well, let's take a look at. I mean, look at their record. They when they they beat, they've beaten the Broncos by a field goal. Okay, all right. They're now under five hundred. They beat the. Beat the Redskins, thirty-one to fifteen, absolutely do- dominated them. But then when they play the Vikings, they beat the Vikings. They all. beat the Vikings sixteen to six. But they play Green Bay to start the season and lose ten to three. Yeah. And then you and then you think about it. They played the Raiders in London, neutral site. I had to say neutral site, twenty-four twenty-one. Oakland is still a playoff team. Yeah. Play the Saints, get blown out, beaten by the Saints. Yeah. Going to Philadelphia get beaten by the Eagles. They lose to the Chargers. And then you get you beat us. Yeah. And then you lose the Rams next, this past week. Yes. I mean it's inconsistent play. Now you have the Giants, the G Men coming, coming into town. The G Men coming into town. The Lions are already out. Okay? The Lions out. I just looked it up right now. Three, six and one. Uh the line is the, the Bears at minus six. Jeez, really? Yes. But mm. so Vegas has it at minus six. The Bears.
1: Ten games. Put, I, I would put ten bucks on that game. Yeah.
0: yeah. But then, but th- think about this. Then you have so you have a, a pathetic Giants team that's going absolutely nowhere. They're gonna lose to the Giants. They'll lose to the Giants. They I'm come then right on now. Thanksgiving, you come to Detroit. They're gonna win. They'll win that game against Detroit. And then you go right back to rea- then you go right back to reality. Then you play you play the hard the four hardest games of the rest of the season. Yeah. You have the Cowboys. Yeah. You have you have Green Bay yeah. at Green Bay. Yeah. You have the Chiefs with a fully healthy Patrick Mahomes. And then you end the season in Minnesota. Yeah.
1: There's four straight losses right there the end of the season. I'm just gonna say right now, on the record, the only game they're winning the rest of the year, Thanksgiving. That's it. Because Stafford's out, they'll be able to beat what's his name? Drizelle. Drizel, yeah. They'll be able to beat Drizelle, and That's it. Their bear your Chicago Bears this year are gonna be five and eleven. Yeah. Five that's, and ele- that's and is that that's not successful. For no. Especially how
0: good this team was last year, but, compared to what it is this year. And I will say this: the injuries
1: have, you know, but I will say this too. Five and eleven is going to be good enough to hear you sing "Bear Down, Chicago Bears." No,
0: hold on, hold on. Before we continue on, let's let's take a look at what happened with my team we're, last yesterday. Okay. All right, let's hear it. So we'll talk about this right now, the Lions absolutely were dominated. By the Cowboys. I'll now, th- early
1: on, they were lo- they looked very, very good. I will stick up for them. I was watching part of that game over work. The refs did help Dallas a lot. Remember,
0: we were talking about this on the previous podcast of so the four teams that get all the calls favored them: Green Bay, Dallas, Bay, Dallas Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, New, New England. England. Four teams right there, and then you could throw in New Orleans because of the whole situation. Oh, uh, but that's that's just depending on if who they play. Anyway. The Cowboys, you know, this was – first of all, I had, uh, the fiancé's brother went up to the game for this one. He informed me that it was like Dallas North oh. in, in Fort Field. It was all Cowboys fans, and they travel well. I mean, Dallas fans travel well. They're, they're a team that's everything. But what he was telling me was a 3-to-1 ratio. It was almost like when you went up yeah. to, Chicago, to Detroit and it was all Bears fans – and then when the Lions came out, there was just a a,
1: sl- a yeah. soft golf clap. Did you watch the game on TV? Where you at work? I was watching the game last yesterday. Actually. Yeah, I could hear it on TV. I was like, ooh, every time Dallas does something, here the crowd go, yeah.
0: Whoa! Or the sack happened, that you know you hear the crowd cheer and everything like was, that. But and I was, I was like, like, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look at it, and and this is the second game with Dredzel in the quarterback home. This is his first. I consider this last week was his first, like first professional game, as a as the as a, as a starter for the for the Lions. I considered this game the first first one because he was, because he, was last week. he was rushed pushed yeah. in because it was a game time decision for yeah. Matthew Stafford.
1: So I agree with you.
0: I will say that all right. So he was rushed in. So this was for me technically his first start. Six fifteen for twenty six, two hundred nine yards, two TDs in the game. I could take that stat every day. Right, but. It's because how bad our defense is this year, which
1: is disappointing because they're supposed to be. It's supposed
0: to be year. supposed to be pretty good. Yeah, you give Dak Prescott so much time in the part of my language, so much time in the fucking pocket. It's absolutely ridiculous. He was twenty nine for forty six for 444 yards. Wow. He had three TDs in the game alone. And then you have Zeke who's just eating oh, the shit up, eating the shit up, 16 carries but for 45 yards. I mean, the the rush rushing was great. We we held the rush rush offense. He you know, Zeke only had one TD, but he also had a reception for a touchdown. So, and then he was doing the yeah, the pump fake that, yeah. that everybody's been talking about. But, you know, Right receiving core and Mandola doing a good job, but this game was just a show for me that the Lions. I don't know, the Lions they got to do something, they have to do something. This fire is fire Matt Patricia. I fire no, man. no, no. Let me, let me, let me. Before we put the before we put the put the pump on, on Patricia being fired, let's 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 go over something, okay? Okay. Sure. Okay, so this is year two of his contract okay now I want i I said it before I'll say it again you know a couple you need a couple of years to get the get your players into the perspective and get your get everybody into the thing into the own sinking of of the offensive and defensive schemes, and especially when you replace Jim Bob Cooter on the offensive end to bring in a new offensive coordinator to help Matthew Stafford and a new quarterback's coach at the same time, too. So it hurt the Lions in that aspect so far this season. That's why production is down. Matt Patricia is a defensive coach. Right. Look how bad this defense is. You either give up the defense. He's calling the defensive plays, Nick. Oh, he's the play caller. He's the play caller on the defensive side. If you you have and we talked about this, we talked about this a couple a couple of weeks ago, talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and saying that you can't be a play caller and also a co- coach at the same time with with like Freddie Kitchens when Freddie Kitchens is doing that.
1: It, it, it help
0: benefits and sometimes, but it also hurts you in sometimes. Man, and sometimes, and that's what's it what it's doing.
1: And Nagy does that on offense too. He's the offensive play caller. Yeah,
0: he's offensive play caller, but Patricia's the defensive play caller. I don't, I just don't like the fact that, I just don't like the fact that he's calling the defensive plays because he's supposed to be a defensive, you know, a defensive-minded coach, and this defense is absolutely atrocious. 28th in the league in defense. That bad? That bad. Wow. That bad, folks.
1: Well, okay, so who do you think gets fired first, Matt Nagy in Chicago or Matt Patricia in Detroit? It should be Nagy, but I think Patricia.
0: I think both of them get another year. I really do. I think they. I think Patricia gets another year. I mean, the Fords. The Fords are wanting, wanting him because they're that's their guy. That's what they want. They that's what they invest in them. And and they were talking about how you know Patricia was meeting with some of the Fords earlier in the week about about. All the play calling and what's happening with the team and everything like that. So, I mean, I think, in my opinion, and this is me being for real, either the Fords put more money and invest this team with with more talent that they need, or sell it, sell the team and get rid. of it. Cause she, because Bill Ford was the one that was in charge of the team. William Clay Ford yeah. was the was the was the big wig. For the Lions. Right. Bill Ford, which is his son, is now running the operation with with the wife of Martha. Martha. Martha Ford. The Fords have to invest more into this team. They really, really do. Yeah, they're
1: billionaires. They're
0: billionaires. They have to invest more. And if they believe that Patricia's their guy,
1: then get the checkbook out and let's let's make let's make some moves. Well let me ask you this too. Quinn, the GM, was a uh he was New England off his I why. give him another year. Another year.
0: I okay. give him another year with Patricia. I give him one more year. Each one of them get a year. If if they don't go at least 7 and 9 or 8 and 8 next year, gone. Gone. It has to be at least a 500 to a slightly under or or a little bit above a 500. Yeah. I mean, I know we're in the north we're in the NFC North division. We've got Green Bay, Minnesota, and then it's us in Chicago. That's how it usually is. It's always battle. Is whoever gets the top spot. It's battle between the four teams. Right. I mean, two years. I mean, uh, I'll say this. Two years ago, when Aaron Rodgers went down with an injury, was it? I think it was last season or the year before. When he went down for the injury, I said it on 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 my podcast. I said it to you. I said if the Lions can at least go, if they can at least go. Ten and six, or nine and seven, they can and beat Minnesota twice and beat Chicago at least twice. They can win the division. They can win the division. Be a three or four seed. Get knocked out in the wild card round. That's plain and simple. But the the the, the, the fact is, they went they went six and ten. You miss Caldwell? No. No. I don't miss Caldwell. You
1: don't miss Caldwell?
0: I don't miss Caldwell.
1: I think he was a good coach.
0: He was a good coach. Now now. We looked at the Bears' schedule. This is what we have. All right. We've got we've got Washington this upcoming week. We're, the Lions are favored only by three and a half points. In is that, that game. in
1: Detroit or in? That's in
0: Washington. Oh, okay. Okay. Then we have the Thursday Thanksgiving game against the Bears. Okay. Then we go to Minnesota. <clears throat> okay, that's a loss. Yeah. We welcome in Tampa Bay. She would be down. That that that's a toss up in my opinion. It really is. Then we go to Mile High. Oh, okay. Played Denver. Denver, And then we end the season with the Packers. All right. So they got. So (laughs) let's see. Tampa, one win. I'll say Denver's a two win. Uh, I think. Washington's a three win. Okay. So right now, whether they. uh, Three, six, and. There's six. There's six wins there. Lost to. I think a loss to the Bears. Definitely a loss to the Vikings and the Packers. So they could be. what six nine and one? Yeah. So I mean. Oh, I got to sing. Great you would It's the tie that end. Yeah. That, that's what's gonna do you in this season. I think.
1: yeah. I'm sing I think
0: that's what you're gonna have to do. But you know, we had other good games last this past week too. And for me, one of the other big games was a shock to me. Was how Atlanta is just flipped flipped the script. Yeah. They went from being absolutely terrible, one and eight, weren't they? One and eight. They go in. They go in and beat New Orleans in New Orleans. It's impressive. Okay, and now they're they beat Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, they're now three and seven.
1: Oh, three and seven. Okay.
0: Three and seven. Okay, the three and seven. Okay, but the thing is, all three games that they have won are divisional games. That's all you really need to do to win the division. Yeah. It's win divisional games. If you can beat New Orleans one more time, you beat New Orleans they yeah, play them again Thanksgiving night at in Atlanta. Hot if man. they if they win that game, I think they are they could be one of those teams that could be an eight and eight or a nine and seven. Well, well it's, not, not an eight and eight or an or a seven and nine seven and nine uh team that could make the
1: playoffs. Well, let's check the standings real quick.
0: The standings look like this. I'm looking straight at them right now. Okay, so the AF, the NFC South, you have New Orleans at eight and two. Okay. All right. All right. You have Carolina at five and five. Mm-hmm. Atlanta's three and seven. Yeah. And then Tampa's three and seven too. And if you look at Atlanta's the rest of the Atlanta schedule, you have them this week playing Tampa. That's a win. That's at home too. Then you go on Thanksgiving to play at home against New Orleans. Then you have another home game against Carolina. And then you go out to Jimmy G to play the 49ers. That's going to be a loss. Yeah, that's be a long. You go play Jacksonville at home. That's a win. Mm, yeah. And then you go to Tampa to finish the season. Probably win. 8-8. 8-8. I could see an 8-8 season for them. Another loss probably would be between the 49ers. Yeah. Or I could see them losing a game against the Panthers.
1: Would you bet money on them finishing 8-8? Eight eight?
0: Probably not. Okay. I wouldn't bet 8-8. Eight eight. I'd more put in a 7-9. Okay. Maybe more of those lines of 6-10. and 10, But, but uh, hey, 7-9 would be a huge turnaround, That would be too. a hard turnaround, too, from being absolutely yeah. winless and They'd being be the team that everybody wants. Everybody, everybody, including yours, yours truly, picked to make it to the Super Bowl – you know, I, I, I'm just absolutely shocked at how bad they are this year. Absolutely.
1: Every awesome. year they have these really good rosters, but good players and good depth, and every year they go 7-9, and I, I don't understand why. I don't get it. I They have
0: Julio Jones, they have Matt Ryan. They got Sanu. They got, they got Sanu. They got all this great defensive players, and it's, I, I don't know if it's coaching or if it's, it's just the, the culture down there, or if it's something else, it just doesn't sink well on the field. And yeah, that's what it what is. is yeah. uh, that's what it is. I don't know. I, I just don't know. Do you have any other?
1: Um, well, no. How about the Dolphins, though? They're playing pretty well. They, 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 they lost, <laughs> but they're playing better. How about Buffalo? Yeah. I
0: think I said it I said it to you. Don't circle the wagons with the Buffalo Bills. I mean they're the 7 and 3. They're probably going to the playoffs. They're going to the playoffs. I think they could have an outside chance to still win the division. I mean New England still got some tough games. They still got to play Dallas. And they still looking I'm going to look at their schedule really quickly here. New England. Yeah, New England. So they've got Dallas this week. All right. Okay. They go they got Kansas City in Spoxboro. It Foxborough. could go either way. It could go either way. They got to play the Bills again. In Buffalo, in in New England, yeah. but then you but they got a pretty easy schedule. They've got Houston, they've got the Bengals, and they've got the Dolphins.
1: Well, Houston's no slouch though.
0: Uh, yeah, that's true. Houston's six and four, but yeah, and they're that's a Sunday night game, which is mm. that's interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, they've got. I didn't like the fact that can I? I'll just say this to you right now, and I'm going to say it to our listeners right here on Andy and Money. The fact that that they flex that Dallas New England game to flex it, they moved it to four four twenty five instead of the original eight twenty what it should have been, because that's two of America's teams, New England and Dallas, yeah. to set you up for Thanksgiving week. That should have been the game that for Sunday night, but instead they flex it for. Aaron Rodgers versus Jimmy Garoppolo, the Packers and the Niners.
1: That's gonna be the Sunday night. Game That's now? the
0: Sunday night game now. They flexed yeah. it. They moved. They moved. They moved the four o'clock game to that, which was supposed to be the Forty ers and Packers to eight twenty, and they flipped the
1: Pack Oh, so they just swapped, swapped them, out. them out. Okay. Huh. What's your thought? Um. Yeah, I think I think the cowboys pager games would, would have been better on Sunday night. But I, I mean, guess, you get more ratings, I think, in yeah. my opinion, than you would get the
0: Packers and the Forty Nine, the Forty Nineers, small market team. No offense. Yeah. And then you have Green Bay, which has got the following and everything like that, but Dallas and New England are the two America's teams. Yeah, that
1: would have drawn really well. I can't believe they they swapped those out because of the fact that this could be a possible, excuse me, possible playoff
0: matchup later on down the road. Oh, Jimmy G and the Packers. Uh huh. Yeah.
1: No, but so we'll see. Go Niners, I guess. Yeah, go Niners, is exactly right. So yeah. I'm going to be a dick this year. when Because pa- Packers are going the division. That's pretty much it. It, it, it looks like it's going to be that way. Whoever they're, they're playing the playoffs, first round, I'm buying that team's t-shirt. I'm going to wear it. I'm going to be obnoxious Well, but, well let me just say this. You Looking at the standings,
0: if the playoffs started today, San Francisco get the home field advantage.
1: Yes. New Orleans
0: would get the home field advantage too. So Green Bay would be the number three seed. The number four seed would be the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. The wild card race, it's pretty much, here it is, here it is. Wild card race looks like this. It's It would be, oh, excuse me, San Francisco would be the one seed. Two seed would be Green Bay. So they would have home field. Cause they're eight and two because they have the one win over New Orleans so far this year. New Orleans is be the three seed. Dallas the four seed. Seattle will be the five seed. Minnesota would be the six seed. You have two teams out of the out of the North Division making the playoffs. Still in the hunt, really, are the Rams at six and four. The Eagles are five and five. Carolina is five and five, and <laughs> the Bears are still in the hunt at at four and six. Oh God! So believe the hype, brother. After that, <laughs> it's it's it it's it's pretty much a toss up when it comes to that. I mean, in the AFC, it's it's plain and simple. It'll be New England being the number one overall yeah. seed, in my opinion. I think the number two seed overall still is going to be the is Baltimore. Probably, they're playing pretty well. And then you have Indianapolis as the three seed, Kansas City as the four seed. The Bills would be the number one wild card team at seven and three, and Houston would be the number six seed at six and four. So it'd be Houston playing Indianapolis, Kansas City playing Buffalo. If a playoff started today, so still in the hunt are the Raiders, the pa- the Steelers, the Titans, and the Browns. They wow. all are still in the hunt for the playoff race.
1: Imagine my brother-in-law, at the Browns, hit the playoffs. Oh, jeez! How- Imagine that party. Oh man, be another,
0: be another. Unfortunately, a double joint party. Probably, yeah. So we'll see what happens.
1: All right. Um. All right, we're back. We're going to talk about some Major League Baseball. Andy, today the 2020 Baseball Hall of Fame ballot was announced. Um, I know I have my picks. Um, some highlights, of course, being Bobby Abreu, Roger Clemens. Just go, let's just go over the whole list. Can we go whole, over the whole, the whole list? list? Give All me right. the whole list. Bobby Abreu, mm-hmm. Josh Beckett, Heath Bell, Barry Bonds, Eric Chavez, Roger Clemens, Adam Dunn, Sean Figgins, Raphael Furcall, Jason Giambi, Tom Todd Halton, Raul Derek Jeter, Andrew Jones, Jeff Kent, Paul Conerko, Cliff Lee, Carlos Pena, Brad Penny, Andy Pet uh, sorry, Andy Pettit, JJ Putz, Manny Ramirez, Brian Roberts, Scott Rowland, Kurt Schilling, Gary Sheffield, Alfonso Soriano, Sammy Sosa, Jose Valverde, Omar Fiskel, Billy Wagner, and Larry Walker. Okay. That's yeah. a good, that's a good
0: ballot. I like that ballot. It's a lot better than, it's players that we've seen growing up. Yes. That's what I really like, and that's what the, today's, today's ballot writers are going to be voting on, because, and that's what everybody's everybody's looking at to see who's going to go in. I mean, last year's class, I mean, Mariano, 100% of the yes. unanimous, one of the first ever in Major League Baseball history in the Hall of Fame to unanimously going into the Hall of Fame. And I'm going to say this to you, Nick. That's I right. don't want to say this. I'm going to say this. We're going to have another one this year. I think Derek Jeter goes in in. Unanimously goes into the oh, Hall of Fame. Probably, I think that's that's a plain and simple. That's number one, for sure. That's absolutely number one. I think Jeter gets in on this first try. Number two for me, I think Omar Viscal gets in. I think Omar deserves his chance. He has had, has paid his dues. He's got the opportunity. I mean, he goes in as a as a shortstop. I I told you. I told everybody in the beginning when we did this when we did the rundown that. Infield is what's going to be, provenant this year in the in 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 the ballot. That's what I really think it is. I have Jeter, I have Vizquel. My next pick has to be has to be a pitcher. I like Josh Beckett. Beckett's a really? Beckett's a good Beckett has been great with the he's he's got two World Series wins he was dominant in when he was with the Red Sox for a while I like his pitching style I think he gets I think he gets in he's one of those that gets to the seventy six percent mark you know the that makes the cut line yeah. Todd Helton will get there but I don't think he's gonna just get there on the first try I think the next ballot he gets in because he's one of the the cl- one of the clean players that we know that is in on this ballot. My third my third pick, I have to do it. I have to say it. It's Paul Conurco. Conurco mm-hmm. deserves the opportunity that he has. Helping that franchise out, making it relevant, making it win the World Series in two thousand, what, two thousand five, oh, if, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. One of the driving forces for that, I think he he'll be he'll be a Hall of Famer. I think he will be in the not maybe not on this first run. He might get to the seventy-five percent mark of the ballots, but I think he might be just on that edge line. But if I was voting for it, he would be in my he would be on my ballot. If you get to pick, if you had to pick three guys, it for me is Jeter, Put Canerco. That's plain and simple.
1: Well, you know, the thing about Canerco is I don't think he'll make it in there as much as I would really like him to. My my best bet for him is that I'm hoping there's still enough old school writers around who will say, hey, you know, everyone liked Paulie. Paulie was clean, Paulie never failed a drug test, um, you know, he hit 450 home runs, and he was the captain of the first baseman of the team that won its first World Series in almost 100 years, In five, so I think there might be enough old school writers that might help him. But I don't think he'll. Uh, if
0: it, we're looking at writers that are like you and me today, oh, he won't get in. He won't get in. No. If it's like the Bob Ryan's yes. and the old and the and yeah. the and the Ken Rosenthal's and the old guys that write yeah. for sports, that yeah, old, that's where that's where he's gonna get yeah. all his votes and everything like that. I'll say this: uh, I'm surprised that Adam Dunn got on the ballot. I would like to see him in, but I will never. I don't think he'll ever be. In, well, uh, uh, I mean, he could. the, the could. The contributions that he did in Cincinnati, the contributions that he did in Chicago, uh, where did he end his Where did, do you remember where he ended uh, his career? O- Oakland. O- Oakland. He finished his career in Oakland. So he's going in. He would go in, in a, under three teams. Well, so
1: I mean, it, it, well, everyone gets on the ballot. I know everyone gets. If, oh, no, that's proven that's, years, proven. that's proven. That's proven. Gets on, but you know. Done, you know. There was always the debate that if Dunn would have gotten the five hundred home runs, some people say, "Well, he wouldn't have gotten into the Hall of Fame because whatever reasons." Um, you know, and this is this is gonna set off a debate here. Sorry, I just asked that you let me finish before you explode at me. Here. Okay. I think it's time that we stop the hypocrisy and we let um, Barry Bonds and Giambi and Clemens and Soser and Paul Merwin... And uh, I'm going to tell you why. Everyone knew when they were juicing up that they were juicing up. Everyone knew it, right? But everyone, the commissioner, the NBA front office, the, you know, everyone looked the other way because after the strike, uh, the home, the Chase, Sosa, McGuire, what was it doing? It was making the league relevant. It was making the league money. They knew they didn't like it, but they didn't care because it was making... Uh, baseball relevant again after the strike, and print money. So, I think at this point we have to say, you know, maybe going forward you get busted with droids like Cano. Um, no, you can't get in. But the fight, no, 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 go no. ahead. Go continue, continue, continue. But I think if we're going to look, be honest with ourselves and how everyone knew what was going on, but we were okay with it because it made baseball interesting again after everyone was pissed off after the strike, then you have to at least, you know, let him in for that reason alone. I think. Okay, uh, now
0: you 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 poked the bear, and now I have to say this. Bonds, no, I will never put Barry Bonds into the Hall of Fame. Roger Clemens, yes, I will say that he did do a great job. His early years in in Toronto, when he was with the Red Sox, when he was with the Yankees, you know, yes, he was juicing. Yes, we do know that. You know, pitching wise, that takes more of a struggle and more of a fatigue on your body than just hitting a baseball. Okay, I know. I know you're gonna say you're gonna say to me, "Well, you know, it takes a lot to swing a baseball because the ball coming at you at ninety-two to ninety-eight miles per hour." But at the same time, too, he's putting all his force into throwing a baseball. So, I think Clemens, Schilling, in. I agree. I agree. Schilling and Clemens in. Bonds? No. Sosa, I I'm still on the fence with a little bit, but, the, but for me, Bonds absolutely not. I will never put Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame. If I do put him in the Hall of Fame, it will be as a Pittsburgh Pirate and he will not get the credit for the Hank Aaron breaking the home run record. I will give that an asterisk next to it. That is just plain and simple. And and I, I know you're laughing at me and I know that you're gonna say, well, you know, we just need to move on the whole situation. You just need to go listen, you're absolutely right. The MLB looked at this and they just looked the other way when it when it comes to it because they were making money uh the whole home run chase between uh Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. But at the same time too I just don't think that that's a good, uh, wouldn't be a good move to have, for him, for him, and for Bonds to go in, and for possibly for McGuire to go in at the same time too, and Palmero to go in because they are known, they are known, they are known, steroid shooters. They really are, and I, I, I just don't see that. I don't see them going into the Hall of Fame and I, if I ever got the ballot for it and th- this was their last go around I think more or less and I think this is this is just me I think that they will have to wait for a committee vote. I that's what I really think it is. The commit when the commit once their time is off the ballot the committee vote has to come into play and that's when they
1: that's when I think they'll get in. I I think you're kind of right. I think they'll have to wait um but it's usually, like like we talked about Canerco getting with the old voters, I think that the new younger voters, like the people from Fangraves, Baseball America, blah, 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 I think they're the ones, they tend to think more like how I do, not by any, you know, just by coincidence. I think that's going to be the young writers that are going to vote in Sosa, McGuire, Bonds, Clement, But that's going to take a while because you have the old class that's right. in you know, there I, right now. I don't now. disagree there. But, you know, I want to make a point. You said that you would never, you don't recognize Bonds as the home run, um, leader of home runs. I saw a great tweet years ago, and, um, it was said something, it was a a parody joke account. It said, people who don't think that Bonds is the actual home run leader, don't believe the Holocaust exists. Wow.
0: (laughs) This is coming from a person right now, folks, that's wearing a German shirt that's... What, what does it say on uh, your shirt?
1: It's East Germany.
0: East Germany shirt. So not Nazi Germany. Not Nazi Germany. Germany. Not Nazi Germany. East Germany. East
1: Germany. East Germany. East East but 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 this is
0: but I, I'll say this. I will just say this. I think he will have to... They will have to... Some of them will have to wait until the committee vote. I think, I think they're going to have to... I think it's all the clean players will get in... On this first way, we got we had Mariano that went in to clean, and I'll say this: we're a euro out from Ortiz going on the ballot. So that is going to be the that is going to be the card where it's going to. That's when young voters have to make the young and old have to make the decision on whether or not to put him in because because he did dope, but yet he was a but when he dope finished when he when he admitted he doped. And then he got off the stuff, and then he ended basically finished up his career the final two years after he got caught doping. So Uh, I I, I think it's going to be interesting next year when he
1: gets on the ballot. I'm so glad you brought up David Ortiz, because that was where I was going to go later on. And you're right. Ortiz busted steroid user on the list. So if they elect Ortiz in a known, admitted steroid user, then... Doesn't that mean you have to let everybody else in? That's out? exactly because you are set you set the precedents. Because before it was, oh, we can't let Sosa, McGuire, Palmero, Clemens, we can't, A. Rod, we can't let them in because they're no, 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 they use steroids. Oh, but we like Big Poppy, so that's fine. No, no, no. If you let Pop in, you're opening the gate. You got to let them all in. Exactly, exactly. I mean, if you do that, if you
0: let David Ortiz into the Hall of Fame. Now this isn't going to be, you know, a Roy Holiday situation, Where yeah. like where he got, you know, oh, where he's post mortem pat- and everything like that. Everybody voted him in, and I'm not saying that he does he didn't deserve to go in the Hall of Fame. He does deserve to go in the Hall of Fame. He did a fantastic job when he was with the Blue Jays and with the with the Phillies, but at the same time. You know, if God forbid and I'm knocking on some wood right now, if Ortiz somehow, you know, passed away from the what the incident that happened get, in Cuba when again. he got shot when he got shot in Cuba and he passed away, you know for a fact that he would have probably gone go into the Hall of Fame his first time going in. For sure. But now with him healthy, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna knock the guy because he's on the mend and he got hurt and everything like that. I'm not knocking him. Mm. But at the same time Knock him. At the same time, you're 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 a, you're a doper.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You you're on the list.
1: Yep.
0: Same with same with Manny Ramirez. Yep, Ramirez on, yep. is on the list yeah. this year. This year he's on the list this yeah. year for a vote. So I again I say it. I agree with Nick. If you vote Ortiz in next year when he comes on the ballot list, then you are opening the door for every person that has yep. been on that list to walk into Cooperstown and have their plaque put on the wall with Ty Cobb and all and Babe Ruth because these guys are known cheaters because they have been on the list. They're on the PED list. It's just plain and simple.
1: Speaking of the Hall of Fame and alleged cheaters, do you think Rose and Joe Jackson should be in the Hall of Fame? Uh, Pete Rose, yes. I think Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. Not it, is,
0: it is time to stop this this. I think he goes in as a player before he goes in as a manager. You could have, and I'm going to say this, The and, and I'm going to be one of those, I, I, I'm I going to get the Twitter comments, I'm going to get the Twitter hate from this, I will admit this. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. Let's hear it. Rose, You could have Rose there for, for uh, the Hall of Fame induction for the for the big red machine in Cincinnati, you can have him in '99 for the for the Mastercard thing. You can have him in 2000 for the all Amer- all elite team in at Fenway Park. You could have him be on the he could be on the field and introducing his friend Joe Morgan, and you could have a Pete Rose day at at in Cincinnati for the team. But you, but in the Hall of Fame, you can't have. You could have Pete Rose's bat and the uniform and the big red machine in there, but you can't have him in there. Right. That's when I have to say, hold on, he should go in as a player, not as a manager. Right. Plain and simple. Because he got troubles. He got trouble as a manager for gambling. That's plain and simple, and that's knocking him from doing what he what what should be done in baseball, and that is putting him into the Hall of Fame. Plain and simple. Yeah. And you know, but yet. MLB can make so much money off of him whether it be dragging him out onto the field in the World Series in 99 with the MasterCard promotion bringing him out on the field in 2000 in the Fenway Park situation and bringing him out there and you can bring him out in Cincinnati for the, for the Hall of Fame induction of the Big Red Machine. You could do all that. And that this guy is not in the Hall of Fame The joke. It's a joke.
1: A damn joke! It's
0: absolute a damn joke. A it's damn, a, it's a joke. joke. A damn! It's joke. a goddamn joke. Damn joke! It's a damn joke. This guy deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, and I think unfortunately it's going to be what I talked talked about. It'll be a committee vote, and I'm yeah. sorry to say that, it, and that this guy should be in right now. He should have been in when he got out of baseball, when he should, but yet. The whole situation with him betting on baseball, that's a red flag, it's a black flag, you cannot, it's a lifetime ban. But yet you could bring him out on the field for the MasterCard promotion and for the All-Star Game promotion and for the big red machine. That's when MLB's got to wake up and say, you know, what the hell? But yet they could take money, and I'll say yeah. this they could take money for fan duels and all that crap yeah, right. for, exactly. in New York for betting and everything like that, but yet, but that horse. Pete Rose can't be in the Hall of Fame. Right. I don't understand that. Yeah. I really don't understand that. That's
1: my whole argument with Joe Jackson, too. Like, oh, Joe Jackson through the World Series, but you're going to let fan duels and promote in-game gambling? I mean, get the fuck out of here with that.
0: You have DraftKings
1: and fan duels and everything
0: like that Who coming you... in. The... Yeah. And then you have, in New York and in some states, you're going to have legalized gambling soon enough. I mean, right now, we've got one franchise... In Las Vegas. Yeah. We're going to probably be getting two, possibly three franchise sports franchises in Vegas. With the NBA probably going to be going in. NBA probably going to be going in. Yeah. And probably Major League Baseball at the same time because... Yeah. Well, think about it. Think about it. that location right there is yeah,
1: but you buy Arizona and Los Angeles, so, so that
0: could buy a rivalry between the two teams. I
1: think they get a. I think they for sure get a basketball team. They get
0: an NBA team for, for sure. sure,
1: definitely.
0: I mean, they're getting an NFL franchise in the Raiders already. Uh, Raiders. They're getting the Raiders already. So I mean, there's two franchises that are coming in now. They'll get two more probably coming in either in a. In a uh, in an NBA franchise going in there, or as possibly maybe a, maybe an MLS. I was to say probably a soccer, probably, soccer probably or probably MLS baseball, or something like know. that. But I mean, baseball for them is what the Mets are the Mets or the affiliate out yeah, there in Vegas. Things, and yeah. it, but but that yeah, but yet again, point bringing it back to the point, you have that happening there, and they're gambling there.
1: Yeah,
0: and you know, and look, the NHL is in bed with MGM. With, gamb- with gambling in Las Vegas on games. You can't have that happening. You can't have that happening in Major League. You couldn't have that happening in Major League Baseball back in the day because it was against the rules, and that's what Pete Rose got banned for. Lifetime ban, hello. I mean, come on. This guy deserves to be in the Hall of Fame as a player,
1: not as a manager. I can tell you're a true Ritz fan now. Um, and you know I- Get back to to Rosie here, you know, it's going to be like Manny Minoso. He's not going to get involved in the Hall of Fame until after he's dead. And at that point, it's like, well, what's the point? Yeah. Manny Minoso should have been in the Hall of Fame decades ago. Yeah. And yet, here he is. Died, he's di- he died five years ago, and he's not in yet.
0: Yeah, he he deserved to be in the Hall of Fame as soon as, he got, as soon as he was on the ballot. But yet, you know, the writers felt like, and MLB felt like, they were going to just know, just wash the wash their hands of the whole situation. They didn't want to deal with it. It's just plain and simple. I mean, it was ridiculous. So still no on Joe Jackson. Um, he should be in. He should be in. Um, it, it, I I would I would suggest he would be in. I I put Rose in before Jackson in. Okay. Fair Jackson would, would Jackson Jackson, Jackson would because Jackson would be like with the so situation. He's dead already. So we we had to we'd honor him with with him being in the hall of fame. Uh, But at the uh, same time at the same time you have Pete Rose that is in his sixties and the thing is why can't Pete Rose go into I don't know Cincinnati training camp and be a hitting instructor like what? Like who else? Barry Bonds, like Mark McGuire. They are hitting instructors. Yeah,
1: they're hitting coaches. They're
0: hitting coaches. Why can't he go into Cincinnati and go into Goodyear and be a hitting coach for the for at least for the spring? But MLB is like, "Oh no, no, no. You can't even touch step foot on a diamond. You can't step foot on anything like that." But yet you can drag him out for all the publicity stunts. It just doesn't make any sense. You could have Rose's bat. You could have Rose's uniform. You could have his name on the lineup card from the Big Red Machine, but you can't have Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. It's ridiculous. Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. I
1: agree.
0: Absolutely agree Dargy with that.
1: There. There. All right, so um, we're going to move on to the Houston Astros. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, take, take this pitch, okay. Okay. Um, so, if you haven't been aware, um, it came out that the Astros had a camera in center field, which they were using to steal signs, and they would use that to relay back to the hitters. Now, stealing signs is part of the game, but not using technology, I think, is a bit far. You know, if you got to change up your signs because the guy on second base is blinking or doing this and send it back to the hitter... Then all right, that's fine. That's just that's been going on for a hundred and fifty years of baseball, but using technology to replay it back—that's I'm all for having an edge, but I think that's a bit far eighty your. Thoughts?
0: I agree. I, I agree. I totally agree. Yeah, using technology in the whole situation, when it comes to stealing signs, is absolutely uh, atrocious. It's a, it's the wrong thing to do, and the fact is, you know, we saw it evident in game two. Of the, of the World Series. Strasburg's Strasburg second start. Okay? Strasburg's first start in May, in the World Series. Okay? First inning. They, they scouted the signs on Strasburg. And what happened? They, they relayed the messages. They didn't swing at any of his stuff when it came to, like, his, his curveball, his slider, his changeup. Because it was not going to hit the plate. But as soon as he was dealing a fastball... It was clank clank clank. Hello hello. Garbage can get banged on. Swing away. And what happened? They took an early two to nothing to three to nothing lead in the first inning. And then Strasburg goes into the goes into the club, into the dugout. Has to change his signs out of the whole situation. And after that. The Astros were shut out after the rest of the game because the the Nationals took over yeah. in the game. But to have this happen, you know, yes, you're absolutely right. You know, it's a, it's a thing in the game whereas you have people that have you know, the blinking, the tapping on the helmet, the the the, the rubbing of the rubbing of your legs or something like that when there's a runner at second base that's fine. Yeah. But when you bring when you bring technology into the whole situation that's when it's like Yeah. that's when it really hurts because that, that, that cuz that it hurts the integrity of the game a little bit i mean yes we we are in the new 21st no the, the 21st century that is you know technology where you have a smartphone and we have cameras everywhere big brother is watching you no matter what the situation is and he was and, and it was it was the Astros that were watching over the play, and I think it's absolutely wrong. I do. Do I think that the league the, the league should handle this in a in a swift way? Absolutely. I think that they need to they need to figure this out. And they need to shut this down. And I mean, it's the same way as what it is in the NFL when when the Jets got their sign stolen by Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Do
1: you think baseball should do what they would have done in college football and just remove all the wins? Because that's what they do in college. That's the NCAA. They took away all Joe Paterno's wins. They took away all Pete Carroll's wins.
0: Well, if you do an academic like an academic failure like that or stuff like that, that that hurts your team. You stripped the Astros of the World Series that year. You just have no
1: official winner.
0: You still have to have the Nationals as
1: the winner of this World Series. I'll well, talk about the... No, i am talking about the... Um, this
0: dates back... Now, you're saying this dates back to when they won the World s- Series a couple seven, years ago.
1: 17. No, yeah. S- two so years ago. So you stripped the 17 World Series and just... Or you stripped them of their 17 title and just say, well, there was no official winner. Houston won, but they cheated. So there's just no World Series winner officially on the record that year. That's what they would do in NCAA football. Yeah, I know
0: they do that a lot in NCAA football. SMU was the big big culprit of that. Uh, Joe Paterno, like you mentioned yeah. before, and that they was took a big Pete Carroll away. Guy. Pete Carroll and USC. That it hurts more of the, it hurts more of the players that play the clean way. Yeah. Than it than it does because now the your players stats she, are wiped out. Now remember, if this is if this was in with like with Altuve and everybody like that, if they were in on this. Then yes, I agree with you. I it? totally agree. You strip you strip it.
1: And just think, yeah. Carlos Beltran was on that team and now he's managing the Mets. So now yeah. do you have to keep an eye on the Mets now when they're up to I don't know, they similar turns?
0: Well yeah. I mean and look, remember. Who was the coach before uh, uh, for the Astros? Uh, was it Bo Porter? I think it's Bo Porter. Didn't he? He won it in seventeen, didn't he? And then he retired.
1: Oh, no, that was still, um, oh, gosh. That was still Hinch, wasn't it? Wasn't Hinch? Yeah, it, I think it was Hinch still. when wanted yeah. But
0: remember, this is dating back, remember Hinch retired in in 17 after they won the World Series.
1: No. This
0: is no, think about this, they hired in a guy from the Red Sox, and they hired in at, at Cora, who was the coach for, uh, the, the, the reds was with the Red Sox. So are you saying now that the Red Sox, Red Sox method?
1: Oh, you got me all confused here. Well, I'm, let's take a look at Houston Astros and managers. All right. Um. No. Fifteenth to the president is Hinch. Tom Lawless was interim at in fourteen. Bo Porter was thirteen to fourteen. So. So Hinch has been in the ho- on the helm yes. now for. He was on a seventeen team. He was the leader. Yes.
0: Okay. So, but they hired in a guy. This Correa, Cora, uh, Cora, Cora from the from the Red Sox. As as what as the GM wasn't is he the GM from them or is uh,
1: Red what? Sox GM? No, yeah. that's that, no. W- he was from St. Louis.
0: Oh, okay. So there's somehow some way there's a correlation. What I was reading on, on on a blog post, and I you know you take the blog post. I know a lot of you listen to this podcast. Right here on the Anchor Network, take it as, you know you know a blog post is a person's opinion on a certain things. But what I was reading on somebody's blog post is that uh the Red Sox are doing were doing the same thing and when Korea came in Cora came into to Houston, they adapted that system. Hmm. So could you think that the Red Sox could be a play, play
1: with this? I think every team cheats. To extent. So, maybe. I mean... Uh, I didn't read the article, so I'm not quite sure what he's referencing or what he's trying to correlate to. I'm ignorant on that, I have to admit. So, I'm not I'm not saying the Red Sox are guilty of that. I'm just saying I think everyone cheats, to an extent, except for the White Sox. Um, <laughs>
0: I think everybody else cheats. Is that the Homer in you saying that you think that the White Sox don't cheat? Uh, if well, you're I'll saying think, everybody cheats and the White Sox don't cheat, but um, that's kind of like
1: contradicting yourself. the White bro. Sox cheated when they have better records every year, they cheat, they're pretty bad at it. Yeah. But anyway, anyway. But
0: anyway, but I, I think it's a wrong thing, and I think I agree with you. I think that the the Astros should be stripped of their... Seventeen months. If, well, if, if true, it's,
1: if, if it's, it's true, true it's
0: just a we need we are uh, not we're not saying that this is fully hundred percent accurate. Right. We're we're just telling oh you what we're going with what the article has told us. The reports and emails. Reports and emails. Right. It and everything hasn't like been that.
1: officially said. Oh, they definitely one hundred percent. Yeah. We're just saying in case it is true. Yeah. So. Uh, it's gonna be
0: interesting to see when it comes to the. Start. Aren't we going to be going into winter meetings like in the next couple yes. of weeks after yeah. after Thanksgiving? Isn't it when we start winter wings we- Yes. Because then we we'll see who's going to get moved around. I like to see what's going to happen. And I read a piece today in the Detroit Free Press oh, that Ma- that Miguel Cabrera is going to be doing extensive workouts during the off season to be a hundred percent ready to go for the season. Oh, so he's going to be good. In in April and then he's going to be injured back in May. Is, yeah, is, the, the, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. But you know it'll be inter- it'll be interesting to see how how the winter meetings shaped up. And we'll we'll give you coverage right here on Andy and Money right here on the Anchor Network when those winter meetings get underway because it's, oh, it's it's usually a two week process for this. So we'll get the start yeah. of the meetings yeah. and then we get to the end when we get to the end of the meetings we get the final results.
1: Um, Before we switch topics, I'm going to ask you one last baseball thing. We just finished up the 2010 decade, 2010 through 2019, 2010s. Um, Who, I I know the answer to these, so who do you think has been the worst team in baseball this past decade? The answer shouldn't surprise you. This Is the Detroit Tigers? No, actually. Baltimore Orioles. No. Miami Marlins? That's right. Do the second worst team's been? Was it one of the two I just mentioned? No. Um it hurts my feelings. How about that? The White Sox. That's right. Um do you think
0: who's who do you think is in your opinion the best that we've seen so far in this decade since we've gone through ten or almost ten years now?
1: Um, I think most consistently probably the Dodgers, but you have to ask yourself, there's a big debate I saw on Twitter. Who is the team of the decade? Is it the Dodgers who won like what seven divisions in a row, or is it the Giants who've won three titles in ten, twelve, fourteen? What do you who do you consider between those two would be the quote team of the decade? Unquote?
0: I uh the consistent play and the 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 amount of talent that they have I'd be the Dodgers. Dodgers. I think with Kershaw he's, he's going to be one of the, he's going to be a ballot Hall of Famer right off the bat. I think the the amount of talent that they've had on that team in the decade has been fantastic. I mean, yes, the Giants have been, you know, dominant and everything like that with the three title wins, but, but that was but, in the first half. That the was the fir- that was on the front nine. Yeah. The back nine was all LA and the Dodgers. That's all it was. And, you know, and the Giants have never recovered after that. Oh. After after the after winning their third championship, they have never recovered and they've never really set themselves up to become a better you know a better team because it's they've been a bottom dweller for the last couple of years and now they're looking up at a, a healthy a, a a dodger team that's fast and, and very very good a a, a diamond team that it's in it every single yeah, year and, growing. and you have you have the young talent that you've got now in in Colorado that's' starting to starting to move and what do you have in san francisco you have old veterans yeah. that are just not contributing at the same time. Plus you got those young players in San Diego. Yeah, and San, you can't count out San Diego too. San Diego with, with Machado, with Machado and everybody like that. You can't count them out too. So I mean, of those four teams right there, I mean, the Giants are going to be are digging themselves yeah. into
1: a hole. Who do you think I think Obviously the player of the decade should be Mike Trout. But what do you think? You think he should be Mike? Alcimera? I agree, Mike Trout. Mike not, not Votto or anything. no, Vado. I think Mike Trout is
0: the player of the decade. It is it is plain and simple. He is an all around he's a two way player that I absolutely love. He can hit the ball, timely hitting, he can he can he can set you up for a great situation when it comes to him coming up to the plate and his defense is absolutely fantastic. I wish he would be healthier more. Yeah. I wish he would be, you know, more consistent on his uh, more consistent yeah. on his, on his hitting because he he to me is some sometimes he is very very hot and when he's very very hot, you don't want to pitch yeah. to him. But then when he I'll say this, from April to about mid-June when the Angels are playing, you're either getting the roller coaster of Mike Trout. When he's, one week, he's going to be very, very good. He's going to drop early. It's going to be like the ride, a ride on Millennium Force. You're going to take him. He's going to be very, very good at the top, and then he's going to plateau midway point of the May, and he's going to ride back up into, into, into June, and then it's just going to be a great ride the rest of the season.
1: And the thing, too, about Trout is, like, nobody saw him coming like that. If you have asked anybody in, like, 2010 or 11 who the best player of the decade was going to be, people probably would have said, like, Bryce Harper, Stephen Well, Harper is... Or they would have said, you know, something like that. Or maybe even Rizzo. Uh, Oh. He was very uh, talented. We're talking about not hindsight. We're talking about looking ahead at that point.
0: Top five to me, okay? this decade. Okay, ready? Yeah. Trout's one. All right. Um you have Harper is two. Okay. Okay, you have I would I would say Rizzo would be more of a 4 or 5 guy, so I put him about 4. 4. Of uh, 3 to me would be Strasburg as a pitcher because I no, you know what? I put Kershaw as as a solid 3. And then Strasbourg four, Rizzo five. That's my top five of the players from the decade right now that are that you know have come up, made their impact in this league, and made a strong strong case of you know because they're always in MVP competitiveness, and that that's 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 overall in the MLB if you look at it look at it as the American League and National League you know it's two different two different lists burlander is on that list at number 3 in me for the for the American League not and he's still when he was with Detroit and then he was with Houston he was still dominant um you would also have and for me in the in the American League you have but of course, Trout being the number one, and still him being the number one in the American League, two to me would have to be would have to be Francisco Lindor. This kid comes out of nowhere. He absolutely hits the cover off the baseball. Timely hitting, and then you have you have for three for me. Uh, it would be a strong player. He was a strong player back in the day. It was it was um oh my god, it was Adrian Beltre. Oh, timely kid yes. hit, timely hitting that he would come up to the bat when you would want him. And then number four for me and number four would be um Verlander, five for me, then would be, of course, the one and only. the one and only for me, it had to be plain and simple, it would be Miguel Cabrera because he's got a fifty fifty he could be fifty fifty no matter what. But he's not the tops. Like you, everybody thinks he is.
1: Well, I actually I went through the list of top WAR players from the decade a couple of days ago, and I should have, I should have written, I didn't write it down. But while you were uh, expressing your valid opinion, I went to Fangraphs, and these are by WAR. The top ten hitters. Brian Kenny over here, ladies and gentlemen. Top ten hitters or players, non pitchers of the decade. You have Trout one, number two, Buster Posey. Second highest WAR in the 2010s. Number three, your boy, Joey Votto. Okay. Four, Andrew McCutcheon. Okay. I can see that. Number five, Robinson Cano. hmm Number six, Miguel Cabrera. Seven, Adrian Beltre. Number eight, Yadier Molina. Yadier. Number nine, this one's kind of a shock, Josh Donaldson. Wow. And number ten, Giancarlo Stanton. Okay. You have one ex-Indian
0: on that list with with Josh Donaldson. Yeah, and he was there for a year. And he was only there for a year. Well, look at the pitchers now. Pitchers, for me, I think it's, I mean. Oops, I did the wrong one. Go ahead. Go ahead with it. But I think, for me, if you're looking at overall player-wise, which I was just giving you both-wise, yeah, that, yeah. that tells you what it is. Because, I mean, National League-wise, it's. I think you have I ask you this question, sure, plain and simple. Do you think that the pitching is better in the National League than it is in the American League, or do you think that um, do
1: you think that the hitting in the American League is better than it is in the National League? I think it's easier to pitch in the National League because you get you essentially get three, to four, or three outs a game. If you're a starter, you get three outs for free because the pitcher bats. So I I think that you tell it to National League folks. They 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 um they don't like. It. Say that, you know, that's just a myth, but I think it's true. Um, I think hitting is, is better in the American League because you're facing better pitchers because the DH bats. You know, you're not giving up the free outs, and I just lost night. Here we go. <laughs> Alright. Uh, boy. speaking of pitching and batting, uh, here's the top ten pitchers of the decade. Clayton Kershaw, number okay, one. I'll get rid of that. Number two, Max Scherzer. Number three, Justin Verlander. Number four, Chris Sale. Number five, Zach Greinke. Six is David Price. Seven is Cole Hamels. Okay. Eight, Steven Strasburg. Nine, John Lester. Ooh, number ten, you're going to love this. Corey Kluber. Wow. Top ten pitchers of the 2010s. No, I like that. I
0: like that list. That's a good list. Yeah. I think it's a good list and it's good consistency. So, I mean, we'll see what... What baseball has to bring us in 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 the in the, tw- in, in the twenty twenty
1: season? Will the Tigers win a World Series in twenty twenty decade? Remember, it's it's a long; it's ten years. So they, I know so they it's can, a ten they, year they, thing. They can but be good. this by the end of the decade, give it six years. All
0: right, I six think, years. I don't think they. I think they need to. It's going to be a long, long,
1: long, long decade rebuild. I don't think like the Sox are going win one next decade. So I don't like, think so either. So we'll see bad. what happens. Our next segment, we're going to talk a little NHL. That's the National Hockey League, if you didn't know. Uh, We're going to talk about our opinions on the best and the worst broadcasters. Um, I was watching the highlights the other day of the Blackhawk game in Nashville. Okay. And Because I follow CSN Chicago on YouTube, and they always post highlights of the games between the five teams. And, you know i was new the highlights. I posted one of them on Snapchat, and I was like, "Man, Pat Foley really is—he's kind of underrated." Now, if you're not a, a Black Hawk fan, I could see you know thinking, "Oh, this guy," you know. But I don't think he is as bad as Hawk ever was. When Hawk, because Hawk got like really bad at the end of his like mm-hmm. career. But I, you know, I think Foley is a great, great broadcaster, and he's with Eddie Olczyk who. Is such a good color man that he's on the NBC main uh booth with uh Emmerich and all of them. Yeah. So i want to ask you, Andy, who who are your favorites? I think we we probably both really like Jim Houston a lot. Right? Jim
0: Houston is one of my favorites. Yeah, he's he, one uh, of my uh, two. one of the he is a clean guy. Um I like Jim Houston when he's on hockey night in Canada. He's always doing the leafs leaf games.
1: Yeah.
0: And um you know he tells it like it is he him and craig simpson together are a great combo together when it comes to that Nat, so he he to me is the national guy that i like um i do like i do like some of the national guys on NBC. um not a no this is coming from a person and i and i do like yeah, he did go to bowling green i will say this i mean i'm not that big of a fan of a mike of mike emmerich oh me either. um Especially now that he has become highly publicized, when it comes to he's now on the NHL nineteen and NHL twenty game play oh, by play. Oh no. Is he
1: really? Uh,
0: they got him with Eddie Olchek with it. So I mean, um, I I can understand that. Um, I, I like his I like his sometimes I like him when when there's when it's the coverage is straight to, um NBC's feed. Like I can't watch the Hockey Night in Canada feed, so I have to listen to. Mike Emmerich, and that's fine. I I like Mike Emmerich. I, I do like Mike Emmerich at some points, but when he is, he is paired up in a contest where it's also being played on Hockey Night in Canada, I will turn to Hockey Night in Canada more or less. And the Hockey Night in Canada guys are the best, in yes. my opinion, when it comes to the game because they're more knowledgeable, they're more in-depth with the game than anything else. I mean, Saturday nights for me is not just watching college football. It starts off at 6.30 watching uh, Hockey Tonight, with uh, with Rob McLean, Elliot Freeman, and 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 Kelly Rudy, and all the the roundtable discussion that they have, because you get to hear the inside of the game. I like Bob McKenzie at TSN because he's always on um, NBC Sports every Wednesday for Wednesday Night Rivalry, but he's on TSN as well as he's on Hockey Night in Canada once in a while. He gives us a lot of the in-depth analysis that's on the inside of the game, like what's happening. Paper wise and what's happening GM wise, what what players are going to get moved here and there. He's one of the reliable sources with like Elliot Freeman. Elliot Freeman to me is like the Adam Schefter of the NHL. All information goes to him, and then he tweets it out or he reports on it, and that's that's what that's what it is. And I really like because he tells it like it is. He says what he wants to what what the listener or the viewer or the reader has to say, wants to hear plain right. and simple. He doesn't ditz around on it. And I love, like I said, I love everybody in the hockey, can, hockey night in Canada situation in the, announcing, in the announcing field because they know the game really well. Yeah. For me, there are three announcers that I cannot stand in, in, in hockey. Okay? All right. One is Mike Milberry. I do not like Mike Milbury. I've never liked Mike Milbury. This is a guy that basically said on air that he thinks that fighting should be outlawed in the NHL. Plain and simple. This is coming from a guy who was an enforcer in the NHL. who Who was a Boston Bruin that would drop the gloves against anybody. And he's saying that fighting should be outlawed in the NHL. This is a guy who went into the stands at Madison Square Garden, ripped a shoe off of a guy, and beat him with his own shoe. So he's a hypocrite. So he's a hypocrite when it comes to sports. And when when it comes to the NHL. And I will say this, I will say this. To me he is he is he is the ultimate hypocrite because he'll he'll be sitting on he'll be doing a play by play game on usually on Tuesday or Tuesday nights on NBC, and he'll just sit there and just knock a player for a bad move or a bad play, and you know doesn't give the guy any credit. And I don't like I don't like Mike Milbury. I hate Mike Milbury. That's one of the guys I honestly hate in the NHL. If he's on on NBC for the the weekly sports game, I'll just hit the mute button. I like I like um, uh, they have. They have uh, uh uh who's the guy who uh not Sod, uh, Shaw, yeah Brad Shaw from the from the Blackhawks from a couple of years ago. They got him as an analyst. I like him. I like Anson Carter. I like Jeremy Roenick. They're all great guys on NBC. I like that they have Liam McHugh and the and the, the Allison girl as the as the host. But when you have Mike Milbury on, he's an absolute hypocrite when it comes to the NHL, and 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 to fighting in general. The second, it's the two announcers called Standin and Waldorf up in Detroit. Ken Daniels and Mickey Redman. Mickey Redman is the biggest homer you have ever seen and ever hear in your entire life. The man needs to be let go by Fox Sports Detroit. I mean, hell, Don Cherry gets fired from CBC. They FSN Detroit should have fired Mickey Redman long ago. Because he has just, and he can't, and Nick, he can't sit in the booth with Daniels anymore because Dan, they relegated him to the bench in between the players because he wants to be a player. You can't be a player and an analyst at the same time too, Mickey. He can't. And then he, he's like, holy cow, wow, oh, my God, yeah. blah, 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 blah. It's like, that way, boys, that way. I'm like, what happens if I'm, if, all If right, let me just say this. I'm a Blackhawk fan. I don't have NHL TV where I can't watch Pat Foley call the games. And I get my and they're playing Detroit, and I get the Detroit feed, and I'm listening to Mickey Redmond bad-mouthing Jonathan Taves mm. or bad-mouth, bad-mouthing uh, Crawford or their goal t- uh, the Hawks goaltender because he gives up so many cheap goals and stuff like that, and Redmond's just calling him nothing but a pylon and everything like that that they, everybody walks around him. I mean, I would be absolutely enraged, and that's what I am with it Whenever he's, whenever I'm listening to the game, and like I always say, I wanted to watch a hockey game, and every Monday, every Monday night, they the Red Wings are playing sometimes, and I said I want to watch a hockey game, and all I wanted was the Detroit right. Red Wings.
1: Now, do you get jacket games on TV here yet? Uh
0: no, I do not. Mm. I I have NHL TV, um. and here's the funny thing: um, we both live in the Northwest Ohio area. And there is a boundary line, and it is Northwood, Ohio, my Obviously, friends. Yeah. It is the, because here's the funny thing, okay? I'll give you a perfect example for this. I was watching the jackets on my phone. I was out and about with, uh, with my parents at one time a couple of years ago. When I had the, when I first had the NHL TV, so I was watching the game, on in the car, and I'm, I'm, I'm riding past I'm not driving. Don't ever text and drive and everything like that. Be safe and everything like that. So I watch the game. We go into Northwood. All of a sudden, the game goes off the screen. It's like NHL has blacked out this game because you are in the mar- you're in the yeah. market to watch this game. And I'm like, what? Yeah. And then as soon as I get over the boundary line again, afterwards it comes right back on, and the Jackets are down two to nothing.
1: Yeah, I get the j- I get jacket games in Walbridge, Ohio. There's so. A-
0: there was a lot of people that I when I went to Bowling Green that were like Red Wing fans that were absolutely pissed because they're getting jacket games and they don't get Red Wing games down at, at Bowling Green. Did Bowling
1: Green don't get Red Wing games. They
0: don't get Red Wing games. They're oh, out of the market. Man, really? Because of because of the distance. Oh. Um, so it's Wood County is the dividing line technically when it comes to, when it comes to that. But so, I get Red Wing games though. I know you get Red Wing games. I get both. But, yeah. That's interesting yeah um but the, for me, the worst announcers are Mickey Redmond and Ken Daniels and i I do love Ken Daniels when it comes to like situation when he when it's him in the booth with Chris Osgood and with with Larry Murphy and that you know Daniels strives, but when you put Daniels and Redmond together, it's like listening to Stan and Waldorf from the Muppet Show because it goes back and forth they they batcher back and forth yeah. and they become Homers. When it comes and, to the game.
1: And I remember, I was watching the game, and I think Max Pats Reddy scored a goal when he was with Montreal against Detroit. And all, Remond just went... Mm. That's all he... That, he didn't add anything to the conversation. He didn't break down the play, what the defense did wrong, why, you know, they were able to give up a goal to Montreal. He just sat there and went... Mm. Like, he adds nothing in the booth. Yeah. Why well, pay the man money to call 82 games a year... Ish, depending if there's be on Ashley V. If we are not going to add anything, like, why? Why? Get somebody young who actually gives a shit.
0: Yeah, honestly. And, you know, well, uh, looking at some of the, uh, for me, the other guy, the uh, other guy is Jack Edwards. Uh, oh. That is a homer to the T. Edwards and Redmond are the two homers in the NHL oh, when it comes Edwards. to things.
1: He scores!
0: He scores!
1: Remember, oh, he's dropping
0: the gloves!
1: I remember what you did, OT, no buddy. It's two
0: one Boston. Yeah, yeah. he's a he's a homer. Uh, but you know the cool thing is, a lot of the national guys are also local guys when it yeah. comes to things. Like, um, I'll give you Kenny Albert. Okay, no, I don't like him. Kenny Albert. He is does the N H. Right? He does a lot of the N H L games on N B C, but he is yeah. also the play by play guy for the New York Rangers. Okay.
1: Um, Josh Beauregard. He does the stars games, but he's also on NBC, and he used to do versus games too. I yeah. like him a lot.
0: Yeah, you got Gordon Miller that does select games for the for the the leaps. That's that's a good one too. Um, uh, who was the one I was thinking off the top of my head? Uh, I like
1: Dan Rezanowski, too. He does the Star He does the sharks games. He's yeah. not. He's not a national. Kevin guy.
0: Quinn does a good job too. He does a lot of the He also does. Um, does a lot of the Edmonton Oilers games, but the guy, like I said, on Hockey Night in Canada, Jim Houston's one to me. My My favorite. Uh, my, fav, my he's my favorite. Uh, the number two guy from back of the day was Bob Cole. Yes, he was. He was. He was. He would tell it like it is when it comes to play. My favorite was when I was watching the Leafs play the Senators in the first round of the playoffs, and and uh, Curtis Joseph was in goal. Uh, Joseph was absolutely being bombed in the net by by the Senators, and Joseph wanted a goaltender interference, and he went he went after the official at the time. It was like two thousand to two thousand one, right before before the whole lockout situation, and everything like that. And Bob Cole calls it, and Joseph goes after the referee. He says Joseph is furious. <laughs> and I can understand that, yeah. and you could see the frustration that Bob Cole was frustrated because Joseph you could feel that Joseph was frustrated over the situation. He is one of the legends in 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 hockey and he just retired this past season and it was Bob Cole and Harry Neal doing most of the games and those those that was the that was the sound. Um I'll give you another one. Uh, John Davidson was a good one back in the day when when NHL was on ABC. Um uh Pierre it was uh oh uh, my god Oh my god! I forget who was the other one—the guy that did it. Um, They—he was good too. They the when ESPN and and ABC had the NHL, was that, it, was, was, that it was better was was good. Fox had a good broadcast team too. You had you had um, you actually had the state, the host for the in studio host was James Brown. Oh really? Yeah, I had to play the video clip beforehand. It was. And they had a lot of good technology back in the day. Oh they had that. the
1: puck tracker, didn't they? They had have... the puck
0: tracker, yeah. they had the they had the puck tracker, they had the they had all the graphics, the cool graphics too at the same time too, and they had a lot of like like a lot of the NFL stuff into the NHL which was fantastic. But I think like I said, the best announcers to me, Jim Houston, Bob Cole, um I do like I do like Jeff Rimmer sometimes. But he has his own ways sometimes where he may- misses up the plays Who with does the jackets. He
1: call games? Oh, okay, he
0: he calls games with the jackets. But for me, my favorite announcer when it comes to the jackets, jackets had the well, blue jackets, Columbus Blue Jackets had have had three broadcast announcers. Uh, Rimmer used to do games on um, on the radio with uh, with it was him, Jeff Rimmer, and Bill Davidge. They did. They were. They were the. The frickin' frack. They were they were, the Ken Daniels and Mickey Redmond back in the day. Okay. And then this new guy comes in out of out of Johnstown, Pennsylvania. He's in the East Coast Hockey League. His name is Bob McKelligan. Absolutely changes the game when it comes to things. He he tells it like it is when it comes to what's happening on the ice with the jackets, as well as you know, what's happening in the community with the jackets. But. He is one of the one of the top tier broadcasters, in my opinion. So,
1: wanna move on to Don Cherry? Okay. All right. Before we move to Don Cherry, I want to make a quick disclaimer. I I have no formal opinion on this because I have a I have not heard the rant. B I've gone out of my way to avoid listening to it. Um. And three, I will fully admit I am. Ignorant to the cultural uh, aspect and significance of the poppy, I think it might have something to do with veteran their version of Veterans Day, which is, I think, what, Remembrance Day up in yep. Canada. So, I don't know the significance of it. So, anything Andy is about to go on about is purely his own opinion. Doesn't represent me, this show, and I'm assuming the Anchor Network. So, with that said, Andy, go off, King. Well, I'll just say this: was, I'm gonna play the rant for you right now.
0: Okay, we're gonna play the rant for you right now, and you're gonna hear it full length, and uh, it's only like 50 seconds. We're gonna play it for you now, and then you're gonna hear my opinion on the rant. And then I know Nick doesn't want to hear the rant. I'm gonna play. It. We're gonna put, we're gonna edit it into this podcast right now, and then we're gonna come. You're gonna hear us come back. And you'll hear from the full, the full rant from Don Cherry. This is from this two weeks ago on Saturday night, the night before the Veterans Day slash Remembrance Day up in Canada.
1: Talking to a veteran, I said, I'm not going to run the poppy thing anymore because what's the sense? I live in Mississauga. Nobody wears, uh, uh, very few people wear uh, a poppy. Downtown Toronto, forget it, downtown Toronto. Nobody wears a poppy. And I'm not going to wait He says, wait a minute. How about running it for the people that buy them? Now, you go to the small cities, and you know, you, you know, those, the roads on roads. you people love, you, you that come here, whatever it is, you love our way of life, you love our milk and honey. At least you can pay a couple of bucks for poppies or something like that. These guys pay for your way of life that you enjoy in Canada. These guys pay the, uh, the biggest price, anyhow. I'm going to run it again for you, great people and good Canadians that bought a poppy. I'm still going to run it, anyhow. So Nick, just he's
0: he and I are running the sound for this podcast. So he just we just ran the pop the the Don Cherry rant for you guys to listen to. This was happening two weeks ago. Now Don was fired from Sportsnet on on Veterans Day itself on that Monday. Yeah. Okay, so when I heard this, now Saturday night I was at home. It was me and the fiance and my dad. We were all sitting watching Don Cherry in hockey night in Canada when this happened. Um first of all I didn't really think of it at the time because I didn't think of it as you people meaning like the people that are immigrants that come in there that don't support the military and everything like that. And I'll, I'll say this. You know, Don is, in my opinion, the Gary Sinise of the Canadian Armed Forces. He does a lot for the Armed Forces, and he does a lot for the military, and the military loves him. Um, he opened up a can of worms when it comes to, when it came to this situation because he brought into the fact that, you know... The quote-unquote "you people," that right there was a, a tip off for a lot of people to go off on him because of the whole situation. Um, for me, Don, you know, Don is a fixture in hockey. He is. He is the way of. He is the way of of hockey itself. I mean, yes, it is an old boys club in the whole situation, but the whole fact that he gets let go because of a comment that people find it a "Quote unquote offensive," is a little bit, a little bit wrong. A lot of people don't like Don Cherry. I mean, Sportsnet was hesitant when they bought Hockey Night in Canada because of Don Cherry. Even CBC back in the day was hesitant when Don, they hired Don Cherry. It was, it was made pre- preference more in the movie, the wrath of Wrath of the Grapes, the Don Cherry story, because it was life stories that Don was being almost pushed out of Hockey Night in Canada. And then he has had a lot of sayings back in the day. He was a big force of the Canadians going into helping the United States Army in 2004 because he was complaining about how Canada was not sticking up for its allies. And he was dragging Canada basically almost into the, the Iraq War with the United States. Now, that's not the what we're talking about today. We're talking about the man's actions on this comment. Don opened up the can of worms for people because you are either for him or against him. There are people that are against him because he shouldn't have said what he had what he said, and you know it's it's wrong to say that because of all the people that have you know are coming into the country from like Syria and from all over all over the all over the world because of the way the world is, because the the same way with the US. US is opening up some of their borders for some people but it's harder for them. So they go to Canada because it's a lot easier for them to get into the country because their their way of life is a little bit different than our way of life here in the United States. Don made mention of because you people who don't buy a poppy don't make don't believe in the ultimate sacrifice when it comes to Canada and everything like that. In my opinion, you know, all Canadians make the ultimate sacrifice when it comes to everything. You know, especially when it comes to the armed forces. You know, he is a big armed forces guy. He loves he's been a big armed forces person. To me, the comments were 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 a little strong, but Hockey Night in Canada knew what they were getting into when they when they he he played that piece that he was playing afterwards. Nick he played that piece a week before, and people were criticizing him then. They plays it again and makes a comment, and then he gets fired on Remembrance Day on hot during uh, on Remembrance Day for the veterans. And now it has opened up a can of worms. People are protesting up in Canada. People are people are going on media and everything like that. And I'll say this: if you don't like the comment, if you don't like the comment, then let it just let it go, brush it off. We're becoming a society nowadays, and that's even in this country and in Canada. And I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna meet. I don't want to get into a lot of pissing war. I don't want to get into hissing more with people. We are becoming a soft generation that easily gets offended with situations, easily gets offended with, with people making comments, easily getting into situations where it is wrong. You know, like things are, it's either your way is wrong and that's that. Plain and simple. Well, it's like wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on. Hold on. You have to hear option A and option B and then you make your decision. But it's what we're living in in the culture now, Don's comment was like we got to get rid of him. Got to get rid of him right now. blah blah blah. He's got to get go- he's got to go leave now. Can't and then s- cancel cancel coach's corner, get rid of it. And then what what hap- what hurts the most is Sunday they had Roger's hometown hockey. Ron McClain, who sat next to Don during the whole situation, you know, after after Don made the comment and run the piece, Ron McClain stood with with Don Cherry and gave them both the thumb gave a thumbs up. Sunday, he becomes a hypocrite in my eyes because he goes and apologizes for Don's actions and for the for the actions of what happened on Coach's Corner. But yet, you gave the thumbs up when you when you went off the air. That was the last thing you did, and then nothing was said after Hockey Night in Canada on Saturday night. We didn't. I was on Twitter. I looked. Nothing was said. It all gets blown up Sunday afternoon when people are talking all over it on on social media because you know everybody was out. Must have been out Saturday night, not watching what was happening. It gets blown up Sunday. Ron McLean has to answer the question Sunday night during Hong Town Hockey. And then CBC makes a statement. Sportsnet makes a statement Sunday night as well. I'm sitting at home Sunday night and talking to it with my dad. I said, I don't know. Don, I think Don will probably get suspended. I didn't think he was going to lose his job. And I, I think it's absolutely a, a farce when it comes to him losing his job. And I hope that somebody does pick him up because he is a is a terrific insight to the game. He absolutely is. Don't think that because he's like 80 some odd years old. I mean, the man played the game for over 30 years. He coached for over 20 years. Led the Bruins so many times. And for him to be, be fired because of a comment. Because he was standing up for the veterans. The people that have made the ultimate sacrifice for the country of Canada is absolutely ridiculous. It honestly is ridiculous. And I, 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 I keep writing it on my Twitter. I use the hashtag, I stand with Don Cherry. Because I do stand with Don. Because I have friends that are in the military. You know, they do get a bad rap. They do get a lot of lot of like hate speech back towards them. And honest to God, you know... I think Don did the right thing and stood his ground and stood what he believed in and is that the veterans were not getting the respect because of the because of the whole poppy situation. And, you know, a poppy represents, you know, it represents, you know, peace and tranquility. And that's what the veterans want to bring into the situation. They don't want to fight. They want to bring in peace and they want to, and that's what Remembrance Day in Canada is, is for, and Veteran's Day is to honor and remember the veterans that have made the ultimate sacrifice when it comes to, to our freedoms and our liberties. And Don stood up for that, and he is now being punished for that because he took. Because some people took the comment as you people being that all the immigrants that have come into the country and all the people that are you know the whole, the whole situation when you know the they find everything offensive they have just they have just blown this man to Smithereens when it comes to it so i stand with don i believe i i love don i will always love don he is always he will always be in my eyes one of the faces of the nhl and uh, you know it, 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 for the first time on saturday this past saturday I protested and I did not watch hockey night in Canada. I did not watch the Leafs get destroyed by the by the by the Penguins because I protest. I I I protest what what Sportsnet and what, what what Rogers has done. I don't think that's the right call. I think they should have they should have talked to Don about this situation. Let him have a suspension, but to have him because of the public outcry, to have him let go is an I think an absolute travesty. I really do, and I think that that Sportsnet got it wrong, absolutely wrong, and, uh, you know, I stand with Don. I really do. That's that's my rant. I really do. I really stand with Don Cherry, and I think it's absolutely, absolutely wrong on the whole him being fired. It's just, and it just sucks. It honestly sucks, because this is, this is a guy that does so much... And I remember a few years ago, the walleye did a special tribute night to him, mm-hmm. wore, wore special jerseys. And Don wore a jersey and, you know, this is a guy who loves the game, loves his country, loves, loves, you know, sticks up for the kids and everything like that. And I know it, the comment was wrong towards somewhat of the comment. He should have used used a different word when it comes to it but, and he admits it, he did an interview a couple weeks ago, uh, a week ago with, um, with CBC, when they interviewed him, but I think I think firing him was the wrong case, I think they should have suspended him, and number two, I think, you know Don was doing the right thing for sticking up for the veterans because $3 whatever it costs for a poppy, you can honestly buy a poppy, and don't doesn't care, I don't care if you don't want to wear the poppy. If you don't want to wear the poppy, don't wear the poppy. But at least respect our veterans and respect the people that have given the ultimate sacrifice. Because you know, I mean, we we could be you know we could be in a worse shape than what what it is to come. So, so you thought I was tame.
1: <laughs> Moving on to college football, we're going to talk about the Big Ten. Uh, I'd like to jump out quickly and talk about how uh, Lovey Smiths fighting Illinois. Oh, man. Fighting a Lion Eye came back and (laughs) upset the Michigan State Spartans. Yeah, let's talk about that really quickly. Lion Eye now, that was their sixth win. They are officially. Ball bound. Yeah,
0: and that, and I want to commend commend the uh, the Illini and the congratulatory of them going in. Honestly, we we Michigan State was dominating this game. Honestly, dominating this game from start to finish, and then all of a sudden, it's like the team decided to go to the locker room at the start of the fourth quarter, and Illinois just turned on the Jets. And you know they they played like they played against Wisconsin. They turned, but they they kicked the heat up and they just absolutely pounded Michigan State. And now Michigan State, in my opinion, is in trouble after their loss to the Illini. That was that was the tipping point. And then this past week, losing the Big Brother,
1: mm,
0: yeah. losing to Michigan. You're now four and seven. Oh. Four and seven. I thought they were better than that. Wow. They are four and seven, Nick. It is it is turmoil. It is turmoil happening at MSU, and D'Antonio is. A lot of people are a, are asking the questions of whether or not um this is this is the end for Mark D'Antonio. I, I just uh, excuse me. They're four and six. Okay. They're four and six. They're not four and seven. They'll probably be four and seven after this week. Um, but the way that that game shaped up against the Illini was just a shock to me because they dominated this game that game from start to almost start to almost finish, and then all of a sudden, they just felt like they just they just powered down and the Illini just came pouring in and just. Just beat him. Just playing out beat. And then just putting it up. Just putting up 27 points in the fourth quarter alone.
1: That's a key thing. Um, is Levy Smith coach of the year in the Big Ten? He's got two good wins. Got good two
0: signature wins this year. Beat ranked Wisconsin. Be ranked Wisconsin. Beat an okay Michigan State. An okay Michigan State team. Um, you can't. I I I gotta look at their schedule to make sure that they so they have beaten Michigan State. They beat Rutgers, of course they've beaten Purdue. That's just that's something right there. But they lost to Michigan. Yeah. That that's a that's a hit. They lost to Minnesota. That's a hit. They lost to was Nebraska. That's a hit. I don't see them being the team the coach of the year yeah. because because they lost to Eastern Michigan. True. Plus they've miss- lost, They 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 blew out Akron and they've blown out U. Uco- they took Yukon to the woodshed and now they've got Iowa this week, and they've got Northwestern the battle Battle of Illinois. Coachier and St. probably go that guy from Minnesota. I think PJ Fleck deserves yeah. it and how good the team is. And but then he came to reality this past week with them losing to Iowa. Yeah. And now, now the question is, will Iowa? you know cuz we already know the east is decided it's all set ohio state all they have to do is beat penn state this week which is a test on its own right we'll get to that here in just a second but we're going to the west because that is where it's a three team race it really is a three team race because you look at it you have wisconsin 6 and 1 wisconsin uh, not, minnesota 6 and 1 excuse me wisconsin 5 and 2 and iowa's 4 and 3 Iowa is own as owned owns basically the tiebreaker between the three teams because Iowa's was beaten Wisconsin. Iowa has also beaten Minnesota. They,
1: oh have they really now? Yeah. Okay. Pardon
0: me. You're excuse. They play they play Illinois and they play Nebraska. My apologies my apologies, my apologies. It is Wisconsin that beat Iowa, 24-22. So Wisconsin owns the tiebreaker between the two teams. So, I mean, it's just going to be interesting to see how the West shapes up. Because the East is pretty much clear. Ohio State beats Penn State. The East is one. Ohio State will go to the Big Ten championship game. And they will play either Minnesota, Wisconsin, or Iowa between those three teams. Because these last two weeks determine basically who wins the division because because at the end Wisconsin plays Minnesota it's that's basically for who's going to be playing Ohio State in the Big 10 championship game in Indianapolis because the bearing bearing Penn State beats it doesn't beat Ohio bearing that Ohio State beats Penn State and that's a that's a, like i said that's a test on its own because you've got No Chase Young now He'll be back this week for the for the Penn State game after two weeks off because of the whole cheating situation, not the whole cheating situation but the whole paying up yeah. bribing situation Stupid, which, by like the way. The, which yeah i think it's i think it's absolutely atrocious on that part because they let him go for absolutely nothing but it, it, it'll be interesting it'll be honestly interesting to see how it happens and the, the big the big ten is. It has been an interesting season when it comes to that. You know, Michigan hasn't been great. And now you have to ask the question, if Michigan, since they beat Little Brother, and they have now beaten Michigan State two years in a row, okay, do you now think, you know, if Michigan does beat Ohio State, let's just say, let's just say, I'm just putting this out here, does Harbaugh get an opportunity? Because then they will then be, if they beat... If they do beat Ohio State, they would become a a, a ten and two team. Ohio
1: State only have one loss,
0: though, right? Ohio State only has uh, well, they they're undefeated right.
1: overall, but they but they, be- they
0: only have one loss. They would have one yeah. loss in the Big Ten, and that would be to Michigan. Michigan. But the only thing is, Penn State has two losses already. This uh, Penn State would have two losses already. The Ohio State game and Minnesota. So, would 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 Harbaugh get his job? Would Harbaugh be back for another year? Oh
1: yeah, I think so.
0: You think so? Yeah, I I I kind of agree. I think he would be back. He would be back. But how about your other team, the Northwestern oh, Wildcats? Oh god, what a mess! They 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 thump they thump UMass. Yeah, at least
1: they did that. They
0: thump UMass. Forty-five to six. I thought the mission, the Ohio State game, fifty-six to twenty-one, was going to be a a, a beatdown. But then UMass goes into the Northwestern and just and the Wildcats absolutely destroy them. Yeah, well, as they should. They should. And now they get now they get their ass whooped again by PJ Fleck in the row of the boat this week. The boat will be pounding the Wildcats, in my mm. opinion, absolutely pounding the Wildcats. Yeah, it's gonna be bad. It's gonna be bad. I mean, Michigan's got Indiana this week. Ohio State has Penn State. That's a noon kickoff that's on Fox. That's going to be a good one. That will be a good one, too. And that's uh, College Game Day is going to be there. You have Fox's prime noon game is going to be there. Crew is going to be there, as well as uh, I forget what other. There's supposed to be another TV network going to be at that game. All that focus in for this big game, and, you know, it's a noon kickoff. I would figure that was going to be a, the night ga- a night game. I really thought it was going to be a night game, but Fox is going to pick it up as the noon game, and then we get into next week. The big one. The big one. The big game. Everybody here in the Northwest Ohio, Southeast Michigan area that we do the podcast, but nationally-wise, next week is rivalry week all over college football. Yes. You've got Florida playing Florida State. You have Illinois playing Northwestern. You have... A lot. A lot of, uh, you have the old. Yeah, you Alabama playing uh, uh, Auburn yeah. in the in the Iron Bowl. You have uh, Notre Dame playing Stanford. A lot of the rivalry games take place next week, and then you have Ohio State playing Michigan, Michigan at Michigan, noon kickoff. In my opinion, it's plain and simple. Ohio State wins against Penn State. It's easy. It's going to be a win against against Michigan. If they struggle against Penn State and win, then and Penn State will then show Michigan what the blueprint is yeah. and oh, how yeah. to beat them. Yeah. It's just plain and simple. And then if you're a Penn State fan, you've got to look. Hopefully you, you'll, you'll beat Rutgers. Plain and simple. you beat Rutgers. Plain and simple. But then it's all rivalry games next week in the Big 10. You have Indiana and Purdue, Wisconsin and Minnesota for the for the for the Big 10 West. Uh, like I said, Iowa and Nebraska, that's a rivalry game right there. And what's surprising to me is that game's a 2:30 kickoff and it's on on Friday night, Friday afternoon in the Big 10 network. Why wasn't this game on a Fox, on the Fox network?
1: Yeah, I don't
0: know. I mean, cuz Iowa's a Iowa and Nebraska are rivals. Yeah. Absolute rivals. But you know, looking at some of the other things, top twenty-five wise from this past week, Alabama getting a, on the win, thirty-eight to seven. But the question is with Tua Tagovailoa. Oh, his hip injury. He, he got his hip injury. He's done for the rest of the season. I think he will he be back in your opinion back for next season.
1: No, he's gonna be drafted.
0: I think so too. But now it's gonna be. Is he gonna? He's not gonna be a top ten pick. I think he's just gonna be a first round pick because a lot of the scouts are saying. With all these injuries and everything like that, you
1: always he going to take him right. He's going to be the uh, Bears. No, he's going to be Tom Brady's replacement. Hmm, that's a good. That's a good analogy right there. I like that. I like
0: that. I like that. Um, in the words of Kirk Cousins, you don't like that. You don't like that. Should be Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Uh Clemson beating Wake Forest 52 to 3. Well, that was that was plain and simple. Not really any big upsets. Notre Dame just pounding the midshipmen 52 to 20. I think they, Notre Dame stinks yeah. Navy. Georgia pulling the win, only winning by 7 over Auburn. That's a little bit of a shock by me. Um Iowa State going at home beating the Longhorns, Oklahoma Horns 23 to 21 upsetting the 19th-ranked Texas Longhorns. LSU, 58. Ole Miss, 37. That's a rivalry game that was, plain and simple, a good thumping. Baylor, that's the one I want to talk about really quickly. Baylor Bears? Baylor had this game won in the first half. It was a tale of two halves. The Sooners rallied from being down 28-3 to three in the game, and they win it 34-31. to 31. Mm. If that doesn't tell you in the playoff committee that this team is for real, wake up! Yeah, wake up! You have to say this, and with, and I know that I'm going to say that you're gonna you're gonna might be criticizing me. This, the playoff came out when we were doing it first week. We had our we had our predictions. You had you had. We were both on the right path of everybody going out, and then Penn State loses to to. Um, to Minnesota, and then Alabama lost to LSU, the one three matchup, everything like that. So now you have LSU, Ohio State, you have you have Clemson in there as well as um, oh my god, uh, oh oh my god, um, I I'm I'm drawing a blank here. Oh, it was Ohio. It was LSU at one. Ohio State at two, Clemson at three, Georgia at four for last week. Okay. Does that still stay the same? You think this week?
1: Um, I'm limited my knowledge of college football, but I think that sounds about right.
0: I think you have LSU at one, Ohio State at two, Clemson at three, and then I would I would put Oklahoma at four. Because of that, come from behind, win, and it helps you, helps their case out. But you can also make the, and I think that you you have Georgia on the outside at five, Alabama at at six. Because I mean, Alabama with Tua now out, this Iron Bowl game coming forward, it's going to be interesting and see if they're if they can step up to the plate because they have to now, honestly impress the committee that you know one player isn't going to be running the ship. Right, it's plain and simple. Yeah. So, we'll see what happens with that. The, of course, we've got action games. I had to, I have to plug this. Mich- yeah, yeah. Ohio, uh, Ohio travels into Bowling Green to battle the the Falcons on the last home game of the year tomorrow night at the Doyt. Seven o'clock kickoff on ESPNu, but um, gotta give this out. Toledo, absolutely, oh, n- knocking, yeah. knocking, not knocking them. But mismanaged a clock last week against NIU. Really hurt their case. And honestly, they're, I think their season is now officially oh, done. It's done, yeah. It's done. They're going to a bowl. They'll go to probably like the Boca Raton Bowl or the Popeye's Chicken Bowl or something like that in, in the Bahamas. So that's plain and simple. But if what I'm hearing from a lot of the alumni and a lot of the boosters is that they want candle going. Really? I I had I have, I have a a friend of mine that was in that is that is in at the university and a lot of the boosters are clamoring that that candle is not into it anymore. Like the whole UTBG rivalry, he just brushed it off. And look what happened. Uh, 20 to 7. Well, that's kind of a silly rivalry, but oh, oh well. But yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what college football is. I'm I'm taking Ohio State to win out, and they'll get the East championship. I'm thinking for me, I think it's between Minnesota and Wisconsin for the big for the Big Ten West. The Winner goes Wisconsin. the win. I I I I think I think Minnesota can pull it out. I think they can. I
1: think
0: you ride this wave of row. You ride the row of the boat into into Indianapolis, and then just get shipwrecked.
1: Yeah, by Ohio State.
0: Yeah. By Ohio State, plain <laughs> and simple.
1: And go. Alright. We're finally... We're, uh, we are finally here at Andy Money After Hours.
0: After Hours. <laughs> mm. boom, 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 boom.
1: Uh, we got a couple interesting things to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about our favorite Thanksgiving sides and Ooh. foods. Uh... Well, sort of, Andy. What do you like to uh, chow down on with your turkey? Well, I mean, I do like turkey. It's one of my. This is one of my favorite
0: holidays of the year, and, and being in a being in a relationship with um, with uh, with my fiance, they do Thanksgiving in the afternoon. So I do an afternoon, and then I do my parents in the evening, and then. Sometimes we'll go to my to my cousins on my dad's side of the family. We'll go to theirs and just have dessert and stuff like that. So I usually I try to eat light as much as I can because I'm going from place to place. I don't want to eat yeah. heavy and everything like that. For me, turkey it's turkey with with dressing. It has to be dressing. Um, mashed potatoes, gravy. Um, I'm a cranberry guy. I like the cran. I like I like fresh cranberry. I don't like the canned cran- oh, okay. cran- cran- yeah. cranberry. Cranberry. It, but but I'll have a canned cranberry once in a while because I know my parents like the canned cranberry um I'm a big sweet potato fan myself mm-hmm. i like I like sweet potatoes um uh, we're gonna be trying a uh, uh, glazed carrots this season it'll be interesting Ooh, this this one's good. that's not, it's gonna be interesting um but yeah uh it has to be my favorite side for Thanksgiving turkey and mashed potatoes and gravy are just the the are the standard. You always have to have mashed potatoes and gravy with the, with the turkey. But for me the standard side for me is dressing
1: and sweet potatoes. Well, I want to pick your brain. You said you said dressing it has to be dressing. Do you actually know the difference between dressing and stuffing? Stuffing is when was inside, inside the right. bird yeah, dressing. and
0: dressing is when
1: it's outside okay. the bird. So the, when we cook when they cooked
0: when we cooked the when we cooked the the bread mixture, we'll say
1: it yeah. it's cooked outside so it is dressing. dressing. Okay, I wouldn't Okay, I wasn't sure if you knew that or not. Because, oh, I knew that. Because you were like, it has to be dressing. I was like, does he know the difference? Okay. Um, I like the green bean casserole. Okay. That's my thing. And I like mashed potatoes with like a a ton of gravy. Yeah. That's like, that's my thing. Okay,
0: now let me pick your brain on this. Dessert-wise, is it pumpkin pie or is it something else?
1: Um, I'm not really a big pumpkin pie guy. Okay. So I just, you know, whatever. My mom usually makes another pie or
0: something. Pecan so it's a pecan it. or is it? Is yeah. it? Or, uh, I mean, for me, it's it's pumpkin or cherry. 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 Yeah. I mean, it's a Ameri- cherry America pie, uh, apple pie, and and yeah, cherry pie. or yeah. or apple or pumpkin are what's on the on the table most of the time. If it's between the two, I will take pumpkin, but but if cherry is an option, I will go with the cherry over anything else. But uh it'll be interesting. Now, do you do you graze all day? Like, do you like? Because I know you do cheese and everything like that. Oh and it was yeah. Like, do you graze all day and then have a big meal, or do you just,
1: um, just eat just eat one big meal and then yeah. that's it. Well, yeah, we I don't eat anything until dinner time. Uh, I make a cheese board last couple of years, appetizer board, or whatever. Yeah. Um, you can get that at the Libby Factory Outlet, by the way. Oh shit. <laughs> I ran out of time. I a, it's I right. Out it's of all right. Time. It's all right. Um, so, yeah. I we make a che- we have hors d'oeuvres and then we eat and then have dessert. Um, but to get back to dessert real quick, we don't. Uh, my dad is making a um pumpkin not not um uh, cheesecake, but it's like a pumpkin custard pie. So I'm, like, I'm gonna try that. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, Do right. you
0: wine with wine with the turkey. Uh, just a soda with the turkey,
1: or do you uh, have? Like I a, do Coca Cola. What about you? I uh,
0: for me, it just depends. I mean, I can, I can do, I can do a. I like doing a like a, a, an ale sometimes ale? with the with uh-huh. the. Um, nice autumn ale. Water, like an ice autumn like an October ale to finish yeah. up the thing. Oh, uh, wa- I mean, water and iced tea is fine with it, but uh, but it, when it comes to like soda and stuff like that, I'll have a Dr Pepper or anything like that.
1: Just want to make sure that I always have soda in my hands. Oh yeah. Um, all right. So we've noticed it's still November, and some places have you go to the store like I know Walmart had their Christmas trip in the front door. Mm-hmm. Uh, November second when I was there, it might have come up the day before. Okay. And you see lights on people's houses and around the house on you know the, the first second of November, and Christmas music gets played in stores. Andy, when do you think it's it's the right time to start the transition over. I think it is. Um, you gotta give the turkey
0: its day, and you gotta give it what the the meaning of the holiday Thanksgiving is for for the pilgrims to thank the thank the the Indians for for the for helping them through the star the hard harsh winter and stuff like that. And so you gotta give them a the day like that. But when it comes to what it is now. We rush into Christmas really, oh, yeah. really I remember, easily. I remember first Af- Christmas time. after After Halloween, 1201, on November 1st, everybody's breaking out the yeah. Christmas trees, <laughs> breaking out the lights and everything like that. For me, music for Christmas starts, honestly... It starts on the 15th of November for me think so I think because you're getting yourself geared up for the Thanksgiving holiday you're on the road to see grandma or grandpa or you're on the road to wherever you need to go and it's good music to listen to um decoration wise for me it's it, 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 it's hit and miss it can I can put a little bit out I put a little bit out I don't put. I don't go full on, full board. You know me, yeah. Nick. I, I, I do the lighting after the Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. We light the house for Christmas because that's the kick off to the Christmas season. Because we finished what the meal of Thanksgiving is for. We are now on to the next holiday, which is the holiday Chris, which is Christmas. And that's when you can. For me, that's when we start like full on decorating for Christmas. So it's after Thanksgiving in my opinion that you should start putting up your decorations for Christmas. I mean, you could start putting a few things up like garland and like stuff that, you know, that is like festive for the season. Like you can throw on some leaves or throw on some gourds or throw on some pumpkins yeah. onto the garland and then you could swap it out and then put the pine cones and all Yum. the cold stuff and the, and yeah. cranberries yeah. and cold stuff like that. But uh but yeah, it, it, for me it's it, it starts it starts for me in, uh, it starts, the, for decorating for me, starts on the, uh, the, the, the Friday after, after Thanksgiving.
1: I think both should be after Thanksgiving. You think it's a kind of a rush, yeah, kind of a rush job like, when it comes like, to, like, there was a, a channel, I'm friends with people in Chicago on Facebook, and one of the stations in Chicago started playing Christmas music, like, November, like, 5th, and I was like, uh eh. I mean I'm not specific. Well, one oh
0: one five the River here in Toledo started playing it on the fifteenth. And that's yeah. for me it's it's kinda of right because that's because two days later they have the holiday parade downtown, so
1: it kinda of gets right. you going. That, first- all right, I'll give them that. But I mean, you know, and I'm not some kinda like a humbug like, oh well I hate I hate I mean, I'm not the Grinch, but I mean I think at some point it's early every year. I, you know, I bet you in ten years they're gonna start doing Christmas stuff in October. You know.
0: Well, they already do when you come to you go to Target or anything like that. You've That's got true. You've got and... they already got the Christmas displays up when you got the Halloween decor out there. So, but you think about it, if you're doing outdoor decorations like I do, I always set my wires up. At the same time as I built my Halloween decorations for Christmas, at the same time, so I test uh, so I yeah. get my wires tested, and make sure right. it's ready to go, so that when I, as soon as I take the Halloween decorations down, there's a little bit of a lull, and then I build everything back up. So uh, it'll be interesting. I uh, do want to pick your brain on one thing. Uh, sure. We we are getting ready to start the holiday shopping season, of course. Yes. Um, we've seen a lot of good ads. I saw a lot of good ads. I know you, you were telling me off air that you saw some good ads for Black Friday. I think the best ad that I have seen for Black Friday's got to be from Target. Think Target. Target's got a lot of good items and a lot of you know, between them and the local Myers store here and remember, Myers is open on Thanksgiving. So I they're really. they're 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 they open at six a.m. Their sale starts at technically at six a.m. for Thanksgiving, and they have a lot of the you know, we talk here on the podcast about like video games and stuff like that. They have a lot of video games, starting off at about twenty dollars and going all the way up to sixty nine dollars. I'll have to check them out.
1: Have to check them out. Um. Well, I think I usually. My um, I fall back to Walmart usually, mm-hmm. or I do Amazon's. Cyber Monday deal yeah but I mean everyone usually has the exact same things for about the same exact price give or take yeah um before we wrap off Andy you were kind of dealt with an injustice (laughs) oh what are you talking about I believe you had something that you purchased and somebody and her man came over (laughs) and stole it Oh uh,
0: yes. Um uh this is a this is dating back and I don't want to bore with you, bore you all that don't know the the backstory on the situation. I'll I'll give you I'll give you a little brief synopsis well. I live in we uh, where I live it's a community kind of a thing. So everybody puts in what they have. Uh, my sister and her boyfriend are visiting we're visiting into our house, and uh she and her man decided to um take some of my sodas and uh without asking um as I was out taking care of some situations and for me you know the in the words of, of of Smokey from from Friday. The movie Friday you did not put in on this man as they would say uh, they don't put in they didn't put anything into the into the beverage front of things every time I go over to their house they, they do offer me a soda once in a while but to have him being to have them being assisted on having a beverage yeah I think it's uh I think it's a little ridiculous in some aspects and uh i i i' I'm, I'm hesitant. Is Nick is just sitting here like it's like, come on, man, open up, man, to start start ranting. Listen, I'm I, I'm not I'm not gonna rant and complain about it. I'm just gonna say this: those that put you know put into things, you know put things into you know put things in, should get it out. You never take from. You're not Robin Hood. Give to the rich, you know. Steal from the rich. Give to the poor. More or less, you stole pop from me to give to. Yeah, that's, that's 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 how I'm gonna how all I'm gonna right. how we I'm we, gonna, can, we can wrap it up there. Wrap it up right there. So, um, that's gonna wrap it up for yeah.
1: Andy and Money tonight. Of course, let's plug
0: the Twitter handles like always.
1: Um, at n i c k o f y p r e s and I am at all
0: Andy Alfred. It is at all Andy Alfred and we'll be back with you guys first week of December for uh for another edition of Andy and Money of course December 2nd it's December 2nd we'll be back on the air December 2nd for another edition of the podcast um we'll have a lot to discuss of course um uh, we don't know what's going what's going to be happening of course but uh until then, um, Nick, it's been a pleasure again. Thank you. You did a great job on the hosting role. I gotta give, gotta give credit for credit for that. Uh we'll we'll reconvene back in two weeks for another edition of Andy and Money and until then, uh this is Andy and Andy and Nick signing off and remember, Cha Ching bitches.